Uh, welcome everybody to the Maestro Movie Podcast with Friends. I don't have an intro written out um, because I am so dumbfounded. Like we, <laughs> there's no news. Nope, not really. There's no news. Um, and <laughs> there's nothing really to. Like, I have nothing. I got nothing. Like, that... Love on a Leash has fried me. Like... Yes! <laughs> yes! I am fried right now. Yeah. Medium freaking rare. Um... Yeah. So... Okay. Um... <laughs> so... Um... The Bad Bill has dictated that we watch Love on a Leash, which is... An Alex pick. That is also unprecedented. I, I I was thinking about this throughout the week. I'm like, when I don't remember a time where somebody on the show has like offered a movie. Now that we're all bringing like different um, suggestions to what should mm-hmm. replace the movie, like I don't like I can't recall a time where we where so, where one of us proposed a movie. We spun. It landed on that movie. So that movie's going to replace whatever we pick. And then the movie that the bad wheel, or any wheel picks, is the movie that that same person has picked. You picked Love on a Leash to go mm-hmm. onto this wheel. You also picked Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter to replace it on the wheel. And mm-hmm. it's, we spun, and it landed on Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. So now, like... <laughs> wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What did we play last time for bad movie? Rollerball, which was also your pick. I'm right. Meta. When is the last wait. time that has happened? I don't think it's fu- ever happened. Fucking run, baby! It's a fucking run. <laughs> it's a run. <laughs> I'm freezing in your tree. It's a run. <laughs> So now we so now you know what Zach feels. Yeah, dude. <laughs> okay. So there's little to no news besides the fact that there was a Monster Hunter trailer for the Mila Djokovic. Um Paul W. S. Anderson film, which means Resident Evil is done. Welcome in Monster Hunter. Congratulations to the next eight Monster Hunters. I love I love in the Mila Djokovic um, video game movie cinematic universe. Yeah, I mean, I, I I hear that Anderson is a very nice guy, like a very sweet guy. He gets his movies in on uh, under budget and on time, which is why he got to make as many as he did with his wife and crew and do whatever he wanted. He got to every single movie is different. He didn't do all the Resident Evils, but he did damn near all of them. Uh, almost. And um, the fact that they're doing this now, it's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. How awesome is it you get to go to work with your, like, cool wife? You get to, like, work out, stay in shape, and just, like, make an action movie. Like, sweet. That's awesome. I hope he's a nice guy. Because, like, you don't get to do that unless you're, like, you got to be able to do that because you're a nice guy. Um... It just it looks, looks like movies. The monsters look good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
That's pretty much all I gotta say. It just looks it looks like another Resident Evil. Um to I me. Mean, it's I, like I hope that they do well with the monster stuff because like I I I like that stuff. I mean, it, it, I'm not the kind of guy who will go out and see Rampage just because they're giant monsters in there. Like, you got to entertain me. But uh, I'm a sucker for them. Like, I liked Kong Skull Island a lot. I was I liked Godzilla just because of like the way that movie paints the idea of something like a, a natural force with intelligence coming after you. And then like, every time he shows up, it's just like the suspense and the build to him that I enjoy. Mm. More than him. Like, I don't need to see him fight. But I understand why people want to see him fight. That's what those movies were for so long. But, like, if you see that first Godzilla, it really is about how, like, this thing is going to come and fuck up Tokyo. Like, you're all fucked. Can't stop it. It's coming. So, <clears throat> that's pretty much it for news, honestly. honestly. I can't, like... <clears throat> I mean, there was the interesting thing where just where uh, Jessica Henwick uh, reportedly pitched a John Wick spin, a female John Wick spinoff to Keanu Reeves on the set of The Matrix Four. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, Colleen, Colleen Wing Gun Fu, let's go. Yeah, why not? The, I I think the John Wick universe is big enough to have as many spinoffs as possible. They've made it so big. They have so many hotels, so many bosses, so many hitmen are going after him, like. It's a whole world of hitmen. Like, th- like one third of the population of the world is hitmen. There's a lot of stories out there. Um. Yeah, that's pretty. That's honestly, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. No, no new news. Um, not really. Okay. I ha- I am bringing something interesting to what we ha- to um, what we've watched. But mm-hmm. I'm going to let you go first, as always. Um, so, let's see. For the, for the Buttercast, we're watching werewolf movies. Uh, and I rewatched Ginger Snaps and really loved it. Um, yeah, if you're looking for different um, horror movies this Halloween, man, dude, Ginger Snaps is great. I really liked it. Like... We watched a bunch of different ones, and all of them had these different ideas of what you can do with it thematically. We watched American Werewolf in London, and that's the purest werewolf movie that there is. Like, the horror of a man turning into a wolf and killing people, and the guilt and the shame of it. Like, that, that is all that movie is, horror-wise, and it's great. It's awesome. It's the purest one there is. All the other ones we watched, like, the, tr- the transformation into a monster metaphor is usually what they're applying to it. And they do it wonderfully in Ginger Snaps. There's so many layers to it. It's super entertaining. It's super gory. The monster effects are great. It just was, like, interesting all around, story-wise, as much as it was, like, performance and looking-wise. And it was the only one of the ones that I watched. I was like, I want to watch the other ones. I want to keep going. I haven't yet, just because we have extra time now for me to do it, and I want to pace myself. But, like, I I want to watch the second one now. Like, I'm up for it. I'm interested. So, Uh, Ginger Snaps. Two, a sister gets bit by a werewolf and the younger sister tries to help cure her and like it becomes a metaphor for puberty and it's like so good. So good. So good. Okay. So between Love on a Leash and what I'm about to bring to the table I have delved into 
the minds of mad people yep. this past week. Yeah. I'm not, not going to talk about what I watched. I didn't watch anything, really. I'm going to tell you what I played. Oh. Alex, have you ever heard of Madden? Yeah, yeah, the football game. So about three years ago, they started, like, um, trying to do, like, campaigns, like, single-player campaigns, right? They're trying to tell actual, like, stories, right? Yeah. They got, for this, re- this recent iteration, uh, for Madden NFL 21, they brought in Ty Sheridan. Okay. Um, the guy uh, who... Writer, Ready Player One, and oh, that actor. other movie he was in. Yeah, the actor. Yeah, uh, he's in. He's everyone forgets Cyclops and X Men. Right. Three of them. God. Three of them. Oh God, that poor guy. Anyway, um. <clears throat> so. Okay, so I decided to. Okay, so the camp the campaign is called Face of the Franchise. It basically you create a character, and. You take him through high from high school to the pros, and there is a like an like a choose your own adventure type between when you start out in high school and when you get to the pros, right? So when you start in high school, you are the backup quarterback to Ty Sheridan's character Tommy Matthews. People being called Tommy in twenty twenty. Um, Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Got it. And so he's the starting quarterback. And then, like, he starts, like, having issues. And it turns out that he... Because he's trying to get into the NFL. There are, scout, there are, like, college scouts, like, mm-hmm. watching him. And... Halfway through, like, the high school, like, championship game, I guess. No, 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 no. It was like a, like, like through a high school game where all the scouts are watching. He starts kind of, like, slipping in and out. Turns out, Alex, this is key. Like concussion? Congenital heart defect. Oh. From birth. Oh. Stay with me. <laughs> Stay with me. Fucking Madden game? Is this a fucking Madden game? In 2020, yes. What are you trying to do? These guys just want to play football. Jesus Christ. All right. Okay. Wow. Stay with me. Stay with me. Storytelling, and I'm all for like pushing boundaries and like, you know, empathizing with real world situations, but like, these motherfuckers don't care about that shit. Oh. Wow, that's crazy. Does it work? Is it is it a good story? No. <laughs> I'm gonna, let, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Let right. me keep going. Okay, okay. So, congenital heart defect. He starts, like, like he's getting short of breath. Like, he can't, like, he's, like, he's, like, struggling to breathe. Oh, or my catch, God. Like, he's catch his breath. So, you, so, coach, so, the coach, who is a, go oh, ahead, what? I'm sorry. It's just thinking COVID. That's like, oh my god, that's so bad. So, <laughs> oh, it's awful. so the coach, 
who is a stereotypical Samoan American football coach. He just plays the ukulele? No. Okay, sorry. He talks about he talks about it like his like his like his aunt's like award winning uh boar recipe. Like that kind of stuff. Um Oh, okay. Like stereotypical. So just like they went on Wikipedia and they looked up the culture and they were like, yes. uh, uh, those five things. Make them say things about those five things. So um so you go in and you uh, so Basically, the game, it's basically like this story is kind of like set on the easiest setting to get you familiar with Madden, blah, 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 as all single player campaigns should for like a multiplayer game. So you. Oh, God. So when you come into the game, you're down 13 nothing. You come back and you win, basically. It's not that hard if you frequent Madden. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so now the scouts are looking at you. Yep. The backup. Who is nicknamed QB two because the team because the team didn't think you'd ever see the see the football field. Oh my god, dude! Because apparently is... Tommy's that good. Um, dude, this is Varsity Blues. You're basically talking about the plot of Varsity Blues. It gets better. So so does Varsity Blues. <laughs> so so basically now it's your, so now it um you go you uh you play the uh, high school championship. You win, blah, 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 blah. Senior year, Tommy comes back. Also, before that, like, like, coach had to sit him down and say, no, you're done for the year. And so he storms out the room. Um, Good coach. And so you, and then he calls you and it's like, okay, you're starting the high school champion, you're the local high school championship, which yes. is played, which is played, in U.S. Bank Stadium in front of 67,000 people, which is unrealistic. That's fucking ridiculous. You can't play, son. You're thinking too much. You got to think about your body. Hold on a second. Could you play the next game? It's a big deal. U.S. Bank no, Stadium. No, 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 no. No, the coach asks you, the player, to play, to, to uh, start. Oh, okay. Like, stay cool. with me. So. So it is Varsity Blues. It's Varsity Blues. Got it. So. What happens is, okay, so you go and win championship. Now it's your senior year. Tommy comes back, and he's like, and so I'm trying to be nice. I'm like, okay, have your, like, have your spot back, I guess. Like, here. I never really wanted to, like, it, it kind of starts out where your character's like, I never really wanted to get into football. It's kind of just like gym class for me. But then now, as you're, like, naturally good at it, you're, um, you're now you're taking, now you're starting to take it seriously. So then I'm trying to still be nice. And so the choice is, you can either be like, you can't have the spot, you can't have my spot, or kind of just, just like be nice. So I decided to be nice because I'm way too nice um, to be like, here, I was just keeping it warm for you. And then he's like, you know what? The doc okay, so like the doctors <laughs> said I'm okay to play again. I'm gonna I'm gonna line up as wide receiver. <laughs> Which is probably more, which is probably more physically demanding than quarterback, arguably. But it's a lot of work. You're doing a lot of running, dude. You're doing so, a lot. Of, what the fuck? So okay, you you kind of make a deal with him. If you give him the ball enough, like it's like that's how like that's like the transaction. Like you can have the quarterback position. Just give me the ball a lot. So stroke his ego is what he's saying. 
Yes. So then you are now it's the Midwest Prep Showcase at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, Missouri, in front of eighty thousand people, which is again unrealistic. But yeah. okay, like this. Also, the story takes place in a non-COVID world. So, well, uh, I, would, I would hope. I mean, they're heavy yes. breathing. So, you go, you throw the ball to him, like he's unstoppable, um, and you give him all the touchdowns and as many as you can get him, and then you guys win by a large margin. So then it comes, um, it comes to call. So now you and Tommy are now dubbed in the football world as the Heartbreak Kids. I'm sure Shawn Michaels gave them a call after that. Um, oh, my God. So then now it's, um, it's decision Four. day, where Four. you have to choose which Division One college you're going to go to. Because, yeah, uh, and I chose, out of the options, I chose USC because George Lucas went there. Um, and so what happens is, he chooses the same college as you. Yeah. Your buddy. And then when you go to hug, he's like, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm coming for my old job. Okay. <laughs> he follows you to USC to try and take your job, right? Oh. Oh, so wait, you're going there to be quarterback. That's your plan. And then he's like, I'm going to go steal your quarterback position. Yes, essentially. He's Fucking going to dick. compete. Like... <laughs> you guys were partners beforehand. Why are you enemies now? You're a dick. So... That's, that's not Varsity Blues, but that is fucking, like, all of a sudden it's gotten Shakespearean. <laughs> so... Weirder. Why are you doing this, Madden? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, it gets, it gets funnier. So... Um, so you go to USC, the coach there is this fictional, like, defensive-minded head coach, Red O'Brien. He's called Red. <laughs> His name is Red, and he's about, like, 70 years old. <laughs> and probably racist, but, so... Oh, maybe. No problem. So he's, he brings you two into his office. And he's like, I'm not gonna start either one of you. Okay. You guys are just fucking doing the competition. I, I'm here to yes. win. You guys need to get off your bullshit. Yes. So, basically, he's like, Coach. So, I'm, so my character's like, Coach, what? And so, like, Coach, you can't, like, seriously, you gotta, how could you not start either of us? We're the heartbreak kids. And so, he pulls out his three championship rings as if he just pulled his pants down and whipped his dick and put it on the table. And I'm so happy and that I taught you that you use it so naturally. Oh, that's awesome. And and as if he's like it's like, like, how many of these do you guys have? We've been here for like five minutes and he's like bolstering the, the length of his junk and like He's right. Shut the fuck up. You kids are students. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. He's got three rings. Like, look at it. Look at it and realize you will never have as big as a dick. And just shut up and play the game. <laughs> so what that happens was... is, so the first game against uh, the Florida Gate, the universe, uh, yeah, Florida University, uh, F University of Florida Gators. 
Um, so what happens is you start the game, and if you do poorly, then Tommy steps in. If you do good, you stay in. Yeah. Obviously, I did very freaking good. Okay. Like, I smoked them. Nice. And so... And so he's still, he's, he's like alternating us throughout the season, which is so stupid. Um, <laughs> and um, he's indecided. Okay, so this comes to a head. Um, and okay, so now we're roommates, apparently. Oh. And so, like, so then we get into an argument over who should start. And like, the narrative calls out the fact that Tommy followed us from USC where he could have gone anywhere else and gotten a starting job. He could have gone anywhere else. Anywhere. Anywhere. Michigan. Michigan State. Texas. Oklahoma. Oregon. Anywhere. I get it if you're friends, but you looked your friend in the face and was like, I want your job. And you could have his job anywhere else. Like, you don't, you want his job. Like, is he in love with this dude? What's going on? Why can't you just either admit that you're in love or that you want to be buddies? But why so deliberately look in his face and be like, I'm going to fuck you over, dude? Literally, that's how it goes. Like, and then Tommy's like, and then Tommy's like, what are you talking about? You took my job. He's like, what are you talking about? You took my job. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hell. <laughs> so then it's basically like. So basically, so he's like, you took my job. It's like, so then I'm like, so I lash out at him. I'm like, you're talking about how I took your job. I didn't take anything. Your body did. Body gave up, bro. And then your you became body a He's giving up. Somehow. So then he storms out. You became a wide receiver somehow. Like, you're a superhero. <laughs> um, so basically, he storms out. And then now it's a college football semifinal. Um, so then I start the game. I win. We go on to the championship. And it turns out that Tommy starts that game. And so my character's mad. And so the team is like, then some other teammate is like, listen, he's your brother. Just like you gotta get it together. It's game time. The team needs you. Blah 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 blah. Sports BS. That's why you guys are just not. That's why he doesn't give a crap about your heartbreak kid bull. You're just you care about yourselves and not the team. Also, he's defense first. Um, he just literally he tell like literally Red O'Brien just tells us, listen, I don't care. Like I don't care about your offense. Just don't just don't turn the ball. Just don't make mistakes and turn the ball over because my defense because my defense isn't gonna make any mistakes. Yeah, Literally, that's what he tells us. Best offense is a good defense, man. It's football. It's about so, stopping them more than anything. So, but I'm throwing the ball like everywhere just to spite him. So, <laughs> um, dick move. <laughs> and we're scoring like 50 points a game. So, it wor- so I don't care what he says. So, oh. It's like Top Gun. Like, you're a maverick and you take chances. You're a loose cannon, but uh, he's still scoring his points. Yes. So, what happens? Okay, so now Tommy starts that game. It's halftime. Again, we are down six 
to three. Really boring game. Tommy starts having heart issues again. Uh-oh. To the point where he cannot stand up. Dude, chill the fuck out, bro. Like, chill out, man. You're a fucking wide receiver? Come on, man. Heart disease. No, he's not the wide receiver. He's the quarterback, and he's having issues. How does that work? I don't understand. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm confused. I got it now. Thank you. Jesus. Yes. Uh, We're alternating quarterback starts, is what I'm saying. No, it's not like, uh, I can't. I just, I don't, I don't understand how he's a wide receiver. Okay. But he's not now. He is no. starting in place of us as quarterback. I get that now, yes. Okay, and now he's having heart issues again. So then the trainers take him away, like Gurney. So what happens is, so what happens is, um, we go in there. Red O'Brien is like that. Like I know you're worried about Tommy, but now is your time. Get some football Garmin BS. And um, so we go in. We win the college football championship. And so then instead of leaving with the rest of the team, we stay, the, we stay at the hospital, even though it's San Jose, California, and it's like, I don't think we have to travel that far to go to USC. Anyway, um, so we go into the hospital and we bring this massive gold, like, trophy to the hospital with, to show Tommy. And he's in the hospital bed. <laughs> And we're like, and he's like, dude, this is awesome. Uh, promise me one thing that you'll come back and we can do this together. I'm like, I, as I am, I make those, I, I wouldn't, I didn't make any promises. I had, no, here's what I did. I was like, sure, let's do it. I thought this was like a change of heart. I was like, okay, this is all, this is all just like, um, this is all just like, like, dude, they tried an arc and it failed. Like, that's what I thought. But, so we're getting ready to welcome home Tommy. It's like they're doing like a small, like, welcome home party back to the college dorm. It turns out it's Coach Red O'Brien. He comes oh. in and he's like, Tommy, I need you to play. <laughs> he's, no, you know, literally, he says, Tommy, you're the starting quarterback. Like, Tommy's going to be our fuck? starting quarterback. What the fuck? This guy sucks. And he's just like, he's like, he fits the defense better. And I'm like, I'm like, he fits the offense better. I'm like, he's a better fit for offense. I'm like, literally, I had to stop and put the game down. I'm like, I had to ponder that. You, that. You're making the same mistake that the last coach did. It's like, oh my God. Okay, so it's like, it's like the, the new Ryan Reynolds movie where he, he's a video game character who knows he's in a game. Or like Serenity with Matthew McConaughey. Like, where they just deviate from the game and like, uh, but they go too far and the game corrects them. It's like he was like, "I'm a good coach. You guys need to quit your shit. I'm st- I'm done with it." And then at some point he was like, <laughs> "You're starting tonight, Tommy." And you're like, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> what? I li- I literally snapped. Like I like. I think that I think that broke me honestly. That was like. Whole- <laughs> so I'm like so I'm like so my character doesn't address okay so, no, okay, so like apparently Tommy's got a clean bill of health even though this is the second time this has happened in this story well shit clean bill, bill of health my ass 
And so he's like, okay, what are our like this better end with Tommy's heart exploding. So he gives you the choice. You can stay. <laughs> no, you can stay and play a different position, or you could go to the draft and skip your senior college year. Mm. And then get like a be like a late round draft pick. Um, I cho- I chose to I chose to go to the NFL draft. I was like, screw this nonsense. I mean, this guy's obviously because like I okay, I made yeah, my it, character. It's called, it's called Ben. Get out of fucking college and go play the game. I agree. Get out of this bullshit. <laughs> screw Tommy and his heart disease. Jesus, I just want to play the game. <laughs> you get in the game. You convicted for fighting dogs. What the fuck? <laughs> so that's what I was like. Okay, my brain did something that I didn't like. Ob- so like, it tried to correct. I think it was such a bad turn of events. Whereas my brain was just like, okay, this needs to make sense somehow. I just can't let this sit. So like, I was like, okay, my character is biracial because, okay, but um. But so I was like, he's got to be racist. Like, there's no other explanation that you would start a that you would start Ty Sheridan with a heart disease over me. Like, Could you implemented that into the game. I hope not. He the, 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 came off as like fatherly when he broke the news to me. He came off as like fatherly. Was like spouting off about how like you got to treat your you got to treat your uh, your players like your beloved sons or whatever. Not what nonsense is that? I'm like. You, this guy's got to be racist. Like, there's no other explanation to me. No other explanation. I agree. Yeah, dude. Get out of college. Fuck this shit. Fuck Tommy. So, gr- graciously, the game lets you choose where you want to go as, like, a meta pick. So, like, what they do is they make you, like, um, choose between... Force your force whoever, um, force whatever team you want to pick you, or let the let the computer decide. And given how the computer has acted re- acted over this narrative, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna force my pick. So I go to I go to Minnesota. So I go to Minnesota Vikings. They need an actual quarterback, and this is actually kind of therapeutic right now. Um, oh, okay. So I go there. We are so. It's a weeks. It's week seven, and Kirk Cousins gets injured, which has never happened before. Um, and so I get the start. I throw six touchdowns against the Green Bay Packers. That actually felt kind of good, not going to lie. Um, and so then they bench me again as soon as Kirk Cousins gets back. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It's like, oh, the rookie got lucky. He gets injured again. And now we're three and eight. <laughs> we're not going to the playoffs. <laughs> no. So then, so now it's another press conference. This is what broke me. Like, like this is what made me turn. Okay, this is what made me turn off the game. I was like, I'm done. I'm done now. Like, so Harrison Smith, he's a defensive. He's a defensive player for the Minnesota Vikings. He's been there since 2012. Okay. He's been playing with the Vikings for eight years. <clears throat> and 
it made me choose to like who do you think has a more important impact on the team? Adam Thielen, the wide receiver, uh, a wide the wide receiver who's been mentoring me through this whole um, NFL like gar- like BS, and or Harrison Smith who plays on defense and you've shared a brief tech- text exchange with. So I picked Adam Thielen, and then what do I see next? Harrison Smith gets traded. He doesn't feel valuable to the team. <laughs> well, I mean. You did say it out loud in front of me. I'm the backup rookie quarterback. <laughs> Why does he give a damn what I say? I was nice too. Harris, I said the character said Harrison Smith is great. No disrespect, but Adam Thielen has really helped me through this process. That's all I said. Have you met you, and Chris? He freaking left. And everyone wants to be your friend. If you don't want to be someone's friend, they're gonna leave because they feel bad about it. You're awesome, dude. Come on. Jesus. I had to put that down. I was like, this game is garbage. Yeah, dude. This campaign is garbage. This whole thing sounds crazy as shit when you get passive-aggressive trades like that. Why do you need that kind of drama in your Madden game? Wow, man. That is like... That is insane. That's like football for just, like, people who love soap operas and, like, reality television, man. Like... That's insane. That's insane. That's like, that's not even really what the NFL, like, you can get into that, like, later in the game, you fall in love, and you have to choose between the game and love, and you choose love, and you get married, but then she dies in a car accident, and you have time to play the last game, like, something like that. That'd be insane, but it's up that alley. (sighs) Rocky or something, but, like, it's half varsity blues, half kind of insane, weird Cain and Abel dynamics and Shakespearean stuff, so like alright man, Greek tragedy meets varsity blues, I guess I'm for it, and then like at the end it gets all bitchy when you're in the actual NFL people are all snotty and like gossipy and shit, that's so weird it all amounted to just gossipy reality television type storylines what the fuck so I have not played that second start like I just put the game down. I was like, there's no way Hitman Harry is going to, like, is going to, like, leave because I, because I, the backup rookie quarterback, was asked who has had a more impactful team. First off, that's a, that is a loaded question that should not have been asked. Like, that is such a probing question or, like, poking the bear question. And second, like, my answer was not disrespectful at all. It was honest, and then you go, and then like someone heard it, they got their feelings hurt, and they just left. And it's like, oh my god, I do that, I do that shit. That's too real. I don't want that in my Madden game. Who would want that in their Madden game? So that's the stuff we all want to escape from in our day to day lives. Like that's if you really love that sort of stuff, you have reality television. Fine, some of it's made up, some of it's real. You can't tell. That's the fun. But uh, like in your fictional storytelling. Get the fuck out of here, man. Like, what do you do? It's a football game. Oh, my God. That's insane. That's not what the NFL is. The NFL is just, like, horrible, horrible stuff. Like, it's way, way <laughs> more fucked than that. Like, we, there should be real, like, legit messed up concussion-based stories. Like, really, people throwing their bodies. Like, there's some real genuine drama about people throwing themselves on that field for just, like, a few feet. So, like... 
this is crazy because the people who play the game would love to see that and don't know they would love to see that in storytelling. And what they get is like, just like stupid drama, just like unneeded melodrama that leads to like worse, lesser drama. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> um, so yeah, oh yeah. Also, like Snoop Dogg's in there for a cameo. <laughs> Snoop Dogg's in this game. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Madden game. I don't think he knew it was going to be this. No. Um, I feel bad for Ty Sheridan, man. He just can't catch a break. Like, yeah. Um, it's like literally maybe like the funniest like it's it's been written about too just how absurd like um how absurd this this uh this franchise is like yeah that is insane do they have other games with stories that are that crazy or just was there no, like just so the last to... game the last game just had annoying characters and okay. j- like it was literally in into- i was like this is so awkward and weird and forced. I can't put myself through this. Um, so you didn't even care what the story was. They were just so hooked up on how annoying and yeah. weird the character. Okay. And, so then the, and then one of the last, one of the last two, one of the last two games uh, before that was like, it was called Long Shot, and it's just this young, like, it's like this. It's not like It's not like a choose your own adventure. It's just like. This is how this young, like, um, lower middle class African American kid became wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. Okay, that could be interesting. Yeah. So, from what I've heard, it's nothing of note. <laughs> it's not a highlight. Well, that's why I said it could be. Right. Um, USA Today published a story back in August. Titled Madden 21's Face of the Franchise Story Mode is hilariously absurd. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Just you explaining it to me was insane. <laughs> that was beautiful. That's insane. Like, you think they're just going to get cheesy and stuff, but like, no, they like, once you get to that heart disease and once like the guy's making legit like decisions of like psychological import, it's so weird. That's just so weird. Um, Reddit hates it. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, just like between that and then Love on a Leash, I've been surrounded by madness this week. <laughs> I'm just like, obviously, whoever made this is not like in tune with what, like they just make Madden games. Like it's just a football video game yeah i mean i look i want you to push things i I mean i want them to push things i want um i want i i i I, oh man i i think that there are interests like my favorite show is a show about people who make a sports center type show so the the real get of it is about how the, 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 like you can there is drama in sports. There's drama in the storytelling of someone pushing their body to the extreme to like make a goal, 
win a game. Like the, the, there are stories in that that you can compare to your life and feel passion for and relate to. So like, I think there is a way that you can tell a story about someone rising up the ranks and the things that come with it. You don't need like a heart conditioned brother to drag you down and like mess with your fucking head and like a coach to make random weird, like I, that stuff's crazy. No, like it, it, I, I wish it was a little bit, a little bit more realistic. Like you have the decision to go to parties and like let your school slip. And like, you have a decision to take this seriously and stuff like really, really show people the work that goes into something like this and the sacrifices that are made. Like maybe, maybe a family member does die but it's because you were at a game and you couldn't be there in the moments when everybody else was like that stuff happens all the time. Like you can't be there for personal events because of you're out of town or something like that, or your college thing is something going on. Like you've put the, in the work, you've made the sacrifice. The family member would want you to continue stuff like that. Like you can do that. Absolutely. The story of a young African-American rising the ranks in football and becoming that like People don't know the work, the effort, the sacrifices that you have to make because there are so many young African-American men that want to get into the NFL. And, like, maybe they don't want to show that because of how, like, torrid that actual process is. I don't know. But the, I think there is a way to actually show the effort and the, the uh, amount of drive someone has to have to be able to do that. And, to, and I think that story can be interesting and real without actually being manipulative and... Uh, a lie you know not a blind side which may be a true story but like it's one in a fucking million which is why it's a movie but like show a real story like really commit i think they could do that but i don't know what they what they put on the table was something else entirely crazy and just like so soap opera it's so crazy like it was i did not expect I didn't, I like, I was not expecting that. I was like, okay, I'm just going to try this out. Maybe it's more of like the NFL superstar mode of the old Madden before like Xbox 360. What I got was pure, like, someone, like, they have. They get, they get, like, the actual players to do face scans and 3D model their actual, like, faces into the game. And their yeah. actual, like, down to their throwing motions. Could you not sit them down and ask them, like, their story of how they got to the NFL and go off that? Like, how is that so hard? Hmm. Maybe That's... they did, and then they, like cranked it to like 50 <laughs> so it was it was beautiful honestly I was like, <laughs> like there's a beauty in it that i there's there's a beauty in it that you i've we taught you well there's a beauty like there's a beauty into like watching people that don't know what they're doing try to do something try to do it and it like the full commitment into a bad idea the full commitment into a bad idea. They got Ty Sheridan. They got Ty Sheridan, and there's like there's like another guy, like the guy who played Red O'Brien. Oh man, where is he from? Ah, uh, 
he was he was he was on NCIS uh, on and off like as a villain. I forget what his freaking name is. Ugh, don't know. Ah uh, God. Um. No, not was not Muse Watson. God, no, not Alan Dale. Oh my God, I forgot Jamie Lee Curtis was on this show. In this game? No, um, on NCIS. I'm looking at the cast of NCIS. I'm thinking, oh, thinking, it, I'm thinking if I can reverse, like, all right, TV series. It's good. IMDb. I'm gonna figure this out. But like, yeah, there was just it was just pure. Like absolute insanity to it that I could not help but like they they tried with this like it's completely like absurd and like <laughs> so like when I got a pit where I got a pit in my stomach I was like is when he came is where he decided to go to USC and they whispered in my ear, like, I'm coming back for my job. I'm like, that's where I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, um, Robert Patrick! Red O'Brien is played by Robert Patrick. Oh, that makes so much sense, dude. T one thousand, yeah, like uh, dude, Johnny Cash. Too. That's ah oh, man, that I, that's uh, where I lost it. Johnny Cash's dad, man, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Oh. Cash's dad. He, yeah, he's in. He's at that age right now where he would play the lead coach named Red. Yeah, he would take that role and he would absolutely kill it, and he would have no problem with it. I wonder what was going through his mind, like as he was doing this vote, is doing this mocap. He's um, played this. He's done this before. Also, uh, Cooper Andrews is in this game as the high school coach. Huh. Either way, anyway, anyway. This is what video game nerds think football is like. That is ridiculous. Dude, that is so, that's so crazy. That's unbelievable. That's. that's (laughs) I wish this was a movie so you could experience it the way I did. That was so great. Well, the great thing, you know what my favorite thing is? You basically sitting here telling me that story and telling me how you experienced it. That's exactly how I would want you to do that. Like, that's how I that's how I would have reacted if I was playing that game. I would have seen all of this insane shit, and I would have been like, "Who made this?" And that's exactly what you did. There's some people who would be like, "I just don't like this. This is bad," and they would shut it off. But like, and you did eventually like get out of it because like it, it's trying. But also, you went far enough to realize this is insanity, and your like curiosity got you. To the point you needed to get to to be like, this shit's crazy. People need to know how crazy this is. Don't play it, but it's crazy. But I just wanted to play a football game. I know, that's so, dude, oh my god, that's so bad. That's so bad. 
Okay. <laughs> okay, so this was made... Okay, so now I'm just going to do a little bit of digging. So okay. this was made by a guy named Michael Young. He co-wrote and directed this uh, campaign. Um, he has been in the video game business for 18 years. Um, he was a co-writer for a project. What is that? Oh, it's in development. So he's making. So he's making a movie called Flurry, like oh. F L E U R Y, yeah. and it's a hockey movie. Uh oh. He has made all. He has made every single campaign for Madden that they've made, um, starting with Madden 18. Wow. So he just, they just let him loose then. I guess they just let him loose. They just let him loose. And they were like, hey, man. Like, eventually he's like, guys, 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 guys. There needs to be a story. It's at the time right now where games have stories. They're going to play football. And the other thing they're going to be a story. Oh, this is interesting. From yeah, sure, 2007, from 2007 to 2015, he covered the NFL as a sideline photographer for Associated Press Images. Interesting. So he has an eye for, for imagery. I mean, that, it did like, the it did kind of look visually kind of good at times. You can't like, work you can't work in video games and not like eventually have an eye for like visuals, especially if he's a photographer. But like. What about the story? Like, where did that come from? Like, did he have a brother with a heart disease named Tommy? It always falls. Hold on. Hold on. If you find out later as a brother, Tommy, who like went to his video game company, he's like, I'm going to be the head of design of the Madden games. And he's like, dude, I've been doing it for like 10 years. He's like, it's going to be me. Oh, my heart. What the fuck? I am, honest to God, just, I, I am, okay, so, like, I looked up Madden 21, face of the franchise, making of, like, hang on, let me reword it then. Okay, behind the scenes. Um... Oh, uh, God. It doesn't... Like, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing. Like, they are not releasing any details about it. I, I bet you time will tell what happened here. Time... Every every time there's something insane like this that people are writing about and talking about, over time, someone will look back and be like, what happened? And somebody will finally speak up. Which uh, is kind of like what happened tonight. Yes. Okay. To segue... Well, well, well... well <laughs> That's I, what I played... I, I, I'm going to say really quickly, I did forget to mention that the new Aaron Sorkin movie came out about the Chicago 7. It's a courtroom movie. It's really good because I like Aaron Sorkin and I think it's really good. Not great. Um, yeah, it's just good. Solid, solid movie. Great performances. Great performances. That's, that's nice. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I've been meaning to tell. Also, yeah, that, that's a good thing. It's a good thing you stopped me. Um... I saw that Mr. Sunday Movies was talking about The Boys, season two. Yes. Based on what I'm hearing, mm -hmm. 
like I kind of started to get mildly curious about the boys. Okay, Chris, uh, I'm going to make something very clear. Um, okay. The, the boys is great. It's really great. Um, the boys does not fuck around. I, I, I mean that in all seriousness. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Sometimes this show takes it to a point that you're like, oh, oh, oh my God. Okay. All right. Okay. Like it's a fun show. It it puts superheroes on their head, but like, I'll put I'll make this very clear and I'll spoil a little bit there just to warn you because like there's a moment where this girl is she's finally made the opportunity to apply and get into the superhero uh, elite like the big the big team it's like she's made the Avengers but treated as if she's joined a, a high ranking television show and she's now a celebrity on that level. And the first superhero on the group she meets, she walks in and she's like, oh, my God, I'm such a huge fan. I like you so much. And he immediately, in like no time at all, sexually assaults her in the most realistic, painfully awkward way ever. And you're like, whoa. Kind of like how tonight went anyway. Um, yes, exactly. But like it's real. And it, you're like, this is what it would be like if you like were a girl and you met like a rock star that you really liked. And then he's like, all right, OK, get on your knees. And you're like, holy shit. And then he like. And, like tries to extort her it's like it's a it's a fucked up show at times and it does not mess around with that being said yes the boys is great the boys is excellent and i know things from the comics that haven't even shown up on the show yet that i'm very excited to see people talk about uh i haven't finished the second season entirely yet but um i very much enjoy it and that show is r ruthless and fun and bloody and it does it really takes superhero ideas to task uh, in interesting ways and everyone's great um yeah i heard like that uh since you haven't finished the second season i'm not gonna say what i heard but um i know things about it in the future i don't care okay like i've heard like it kind of like it kind of wraps up in case like just in case like it doesn't get a third season which it did but we don't know how much we don't, like that could be fragile as well as far as we know um I say not because it is actually a genuinely good hit um anything that is a hit right now during quarantine is going to get a show later everything that was a hit before quarantine but is not a, a like a requirement is on the chopping block which is why great big shows that were that were staples already are leaving looking to chop shows that have been around for like three four seasons rather than something that's just starting and it's good and people like. Because that first initial like and buzz is what people want. The first season was well-liked and people like it, and the second one is great, and people are talking about it because they're all stuck at home. So they're going to they're gonna keep it. They're going to keep making it. But I, I don't know necessarily how they cap it, considering I know that they don't reveal things that the comics have yet, So it, that, which is why I find it interesting. With that being said... Yes, that and I hear Lovecraft Country are two of the best shows on TV or, or just out there right now. Hmm. Yeah, like I've been meaning to get back into like the television, like to get back into like television mode. Because I like, remember when I told you I was starting 24, like I have like um, funny enough that uh, that sports writer that I was talking to that, uh, that I talked about in the holiday special, John Boyce. He actually did a video on 24. Mm -hmm. And like he talked about like. And I started to realize this as I was like watching and like doing more research on 24. I was just, like. 
his argument is Jack Bauer is maybe the most miserable character in, in all of fiction. He's not happy. He's not a happy dude. And he has and, no reason to be, honestly. And plus, like, it's political roots and, like, the Republican Party. And I was like, okay, yep, now I see that all over the place now. And, I, and then that's when I stopped. I was like, maybe, maybe, I, don't, maybe I don't need this right now. <laughs> In the in a post nine eleven world, seeing basically Schwarzenegger and Stallone type eighties machismo um, kind of attitude taken seriously, uh, over time has not aged well, uh, and that's where torture comes in. It's just like that's the thing where like it needed to be done to, for us to get information, and it's like what. Why am I watching my lead character do that? Like that, you lose your soul watching it. <laughs> so after, like, like I, just the idea of it is enough for people to be like, yeah, no, post nine eleven Americana, no, I, no, thank you. Also, I do love the idea of twenty four. Like, and everyone else did too. Like, I love the idea of twenty four. I just wish it was like, as you would like. Could you like? I was thinking about this. Earlier. I was like, I wish it wasn't so like. I wish politics wasn't so ingrained into it. Because you imagine like a Mission Impossible twenty four, like like if Mission Impossible Fallout was like a season of twenty four, like that'd be great. Honestly, in my opinion, I think that would be awesome. The thing about twenty four is a the person who wrote it was just political, but also you have to fill literally twenty four episodes, so you have to get into the politics that allowed these things to happen. Um, so it's just filling, filling space with the, and the person who filled it. Uh, but looking at something like, this is very interesting, like 9-11 is the shift. So like Mission Impossible was a series that had made two movies and then the third one comes out and it's a complete shift, not just in terms of how the characters approached, but just like the way it's shot, the way a Mission Impossible, everything became more realistic. And in fact, what does he do in Mission Impossible 3? He hangs the bad guy out of a hanger to get information. He tortures him. This was <laughs> nice. a thing. This was a thing in 2005, 2006. Like, also, like, I, like, I've, like, I, I, like, time and time again, like, I think I'm more of, like, I watch clips of 24, but I'm not going to watch all of 24. Because, like, these interrogations... And like torture is like so over the top, yeah. To me, or it's just like it go. To me, it just becomes absurd, honestly. But to think that that's how they, in a sense, actually do it, is just like it, it just makes me stop and think for a second, right? The thing is, I don't. I like twenty four is very gripping and it's very uh, well done. It's some of the best editing out there. And um, to keep the pace that they have to do for every episode to tell the story that they want to tell is always interesting. It's always gripping. Even the movies that they made down the line were great in that, in that sense. But, um, yeah, that's the thing. After a while, you just start to realize that, like, it's, it's a really dour, dour show that gets more and more and more sad. And it's just like, ugh. Uh, it's a grind. It's exactly why I don't like Sons of Anarchy. Like I don't mind that it's about bikers and like you know they do biker things and it's again I don't mind that they're terrible people. But like the further you go down that show, it's so 
depressing, like to the point that people are dying horrifically left and right. And you just can't take it anymore. You're like watching side characters watch their daughters get burned alive in front of them. And you're like, stop, just please. Could you just give me a break so much? And you're like, fuck, man, just leave leave me alone. I think that's ultimately what keeps me from like binging all of 24. Like I can't go down that rabbit hole. I'll just enjoy it in isolation. I think it's in pieces in isolation. I think doing the research now that you've seen enough and know you won't see it all and finding the ones that are the best seasons by the fans, then you can just watch those and take them for what they are. That's what I I was thinking. Yeah. The more I I see like stuff from like season three makes me think that like I'm going to go because I know a few people who are like 24 fans. I was thinking about like I didn't get a chance today, but like I was going to ask them like, okay. I'm thinking about getting into 24. What is the least depressive, least depressing season that doesn't end in complete calamity? Like, say, Jack Bauer being shipped, being tortured on a cargo ship on its way to China. Let's let's not let's not have it end there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There is a show, and I'm gonna look it up here because I don't remember what it was. But it is something that I think you would enjoy if you're looking for something. Also, speaking of the spy genre, Alias has pe- is starting to, like, I've been thinking about Alias and like something like something of like of that genre is like. Okay, well then I would say Alias is better than Twenty Four. But it's, it's Jabrams though, so it might not end in the best way. <laughs> Here's the thing about uh, Alias: there is it is very gripping and very interesting in the first couple seasons, and then eventually it goes crazy down the like. It doesn't make any sense. Like they're making weird decisions. Actors are dating each other, and then their breakups are happening. Like it, it, drama behind the scene gets on on screen. Like any show, it just goes too long. But it's such a dramatic. Every other episode is a twist type show that eventually you just either are all in or you're not. Um, but I do think in terms of network spy television, it's one of the best. And yeah, J.J. Abrams left it to other people to finish it. It just because whatever. I don't even remember how that show ended. It still um, has a lot of people who weren't stars yet who begin in it. Jennifer Garner is really good. Really good. Michael Vartan's good. Um, yeah, dude, it's a good show. Um, at least the first couple seasons, I think, are great. I didn't finish it, though. Um, I'm looking for... I'm going to have to go to a certain actor to find this show. Okay, so this is a show that is about a... It was on uh stars i think so i will say this there is a lot of sex and there's a lot of violence but it's also really really good um it was about a guy who was a criminal um uh, who goes to jail and he gets out and then he goes to the small town to find his partner whom he was in love with uh to get the money from the job that he was promised after he got out of jail and she has a whole nother life and she can't give him the money, and there's, like, problems with that. So he decides that he wants to stay in town. But he doesn't just stay in town. He's at the bar one night, and the sheriff is there, and these guys come in, and they start a fight. And the sheriff, who has not been seen by anybody in town yet, and no one knows who he is, he ends up uh, getting in a fight with these guys. They get, uh, They kill him. They kill the sheriff. And then the guy, who is a skilled, like, killer, as well as a thief, murders the men and then he pretends to be the sheriff in town so that he can try and get the money from his ex-partner and then just ends up 
being the sheriff of the town. Uh, it's called Banshee. It's called Banshee. Uh, it's very bloody. It's v- crazy, but it's also very good. Some of the best action I've ever seen on television. They have like, it's like Daredevil. They have amazing fight scenes in it. But you know, there are some other things like they, there's, like there's incest. There's Amish stuff. There, there's like crazy out there things. But for a action show, like a genuine show that is an action of the action genre. It's one of the best I've ever seen. And it also gets very dark and it gets very real, but like in a way that you would appreciate, in a way that like never hurt me the way like Sons of Anarchy, every episode, something awful is happening. Nothing leads to anything good. It's just awful. All of their lives are awful and all of their lives will end awfully and anyone who gets involved will suffer for it. This is a show about like where that can happen, but people are still striving to be good people every day. Um, so maybe one day I would look into Banshee. It's really good action wise. There may be, there are some things in it that may turn you off. There is a lot of sex just because that's what Cinemax would do, but also it was way better than it had any, any way deserving to be. Uh, absolutely. And then I have to look into this, but they made another show on the network called Strike Back. Um, that was basically about a group of Marines or like a SEAL Team 6 type thing that would go out and get on missions and every season was a different mission. So I'll look into that because that may be more up your alley. But if it has the same sort of action people behind it that made Banshee, I'll look into that and maybe that's something I can send your way. Maybe it has less sex. Hmm. Um, one more. Okay, there's one more on my on my TV backlog. What do you think of His Dark Materials? His Dark Materials. I've, I have not seen it, but I think you would enjoy it based off of... I haven't seen more than one episode, but I've seen half of one. And I think from what I've seen, you would enjoy it. Uh, it's a good entrance to what I think uh, is solid fantasy writing. Because, like, yeah, the more I, the more research I do, the more I'm starting to kind of, like, is starting to... Like, there, I have I have a lot of options, like... There's like yeah, but a lot of options. Like, here's the thing, like I, I um when it comes to television these days, it's about finding you have so much taste out there, but it's also you can find something that's perfect for you that you might enjoy. So like there's so much out there that you can get into that's happening recently that can give you an idea of what you can like later. I mean, there are there are 90s television shows and things that I could suggest to you that I think you would enjoy. Uh, there's two early 2000 shows like Scrubs. I think you would love Scrubs. Um, but right now, for what I think you would enjoy this winter, um, it's going to be interesting because, yeah, like winter is the best time to watch television. You're stuck inside, like not just because of COVID, but because of the weather. Right. Well, OK. Yeah, Dark Materials looks really good. All right. We've danced around the we've da- we've danced around this enough. Let's talk about Love on a Leash. <laughs> yeah, he's been playing in front of me, and he's just about to get hit by the car. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I was like, okay. When you said I dare you to predict predict the ending, I was like, okay. I was like, okay. There, this could go a number of ways. Either she, by the way this movie's going, she's gonna have sex with the dog. Um, I already did. <laughs> you kind of did, so that's true. You predicted that right. Um, like no, like have sex with the dog in dog form is what I'm saying. Dude, she woke like, up in bed. I, my argument is that this is either legit a magical movie. That's right. She woke up with the dog in bed. Like 
Who knows what the fuck happened, man? Who knows? This woman could just be legit crazy. So I, that's I, how I, this was going to end. Or, like, the dog was going to get killed, and then she'd kill herself. Like, Romeo Juliet. Okay, so um, two of those things happened, and one of those things almost happened. Right. <laughs> but what I got was just such a was such a level of commitment that I can't even describe. <laughs> Years later. Years later. She's fake renting out her apartment in hopes that he'll come back. She said yes! She gets, <laughs> said she gets Paula, and Paula's like, yeah, you know, that's a pretty good idea. She's like, yeah, but if, you know, he came back, he'd be all right. She's like, no, no, that's not how no. that works. Just like, oh, my God, you're a dumbass. And he comes anyway, and then he changes to her age, and then they change back to young, and it's like, well, just throw all the fucking cards in the air now, right? Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Okay, hold on. Alex, time out. Yeah. Time out. Hold on. Um, time out. I we, have I to, we have to talk about... There's one more piece of... Uh, one more, there's actually another piece of news, um, real quick. Okay. That we forgot. Stand by. I gotta... I'm pregnant? No. Uh, hold on, hold on. Where is where is it? Hold on. How Wait. did he get? How did he get buried already? I am so I am so surprised. Stand by. What's going, what's going on? There's one more. Uh, there's one more. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking uh, for that last piece of news because, like, I know. Um. Alive? Stand by. David. David Blaine bury himself alive. Uh, no, David Palmer got uh, elected president. I'm I'm kidding. Uh, who's David Palmer? I the the president from 24. That's how far down the rabbit hole I went. Um, yeah. very niche joke. I love it. The guy from The Wire. Oh. no, okay. the unit, the unit, the unit, and The Wire. Oh. I guess I don't know. Probably yeah. The guy from the Allstate commercials. Gotcha. He is not in The Wire. Okay, so. It was I couldn't think of it. I was like, oh, it's in the wire. No, unit, the unit. Oh, the unit's right, yeah. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Um, dang it, hold on. Well, the wire is one of the greatest shows that ever existed, and the unit's okay. Uh, Berta from Two and a Half Men died. Oh, the woman, yes. Yes. Um, I recently watched Mr. Deeds again, and I, re I remember her kicking Winona Ryder's ass pretty good. Uh, she was great. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, we Very... all, I, uh, Conchata Farrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was one of the many, she was one of the few things that I actually l liked about Two and a Half Men consistently. Like, just her coming in and yep. deadpan was really great of and I I hate that show. I hate that show. But she was very good on it. <laughs> Dead uh, panning these sex pests. <laughs> Dead panning dude, that is a band name. Dead panning sex pests. <laughs> <laughs> Dead panning sex pests. I love it. My uh my metal no from uh when we spun the wheel and got the holiday special. We can uh we can 
put that into one of their tracks. No! So, because I was a dumb middle schooler, I had very little entertainment. I actually got a kick out of Two and a Half Men, and she was constantly a highlight, so. Yeah, she was great. She's in a lot of older movies that I've seen, and I've been going down a 90s rabbit hole. I assume I'm going to see her again. Yeah. Rip in peace, Miss Farrell. Okay, now, Love on a Leash. <laughs> so, thought that she was going to have sex with the dog, and it would be an explicit, like, dog having sex with human girl scene. Or uh, the dog was going to die, I really... and then she'd kill herself, like in Romeo and Juliet. I did not expect what we were getting. And then they yeah. just did not care, and they just, they just, like... Full on pushed the corner, pushed, pushed out, pushed themselves out of the corner that they wrote themselves into, and oh my god, <laughs> oh Chris, my god, Chris, that was amazing. That was like R.I.P. You're the best. We will miss you. Anyway, so I didn't know if she fucked the dog or if she was gonna fuck the dog later. <laughs> After we fucked her, fucked the dead dog. I don't know. But that was amazing. That was beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, like, you, that ending is bonkers. Like, you can't, it makes not, it just is, it throws all the rules out the window, period. Period. I, lo I like, he, oh, God, I don't, I've tried so hard to kind of understand it, but from what I get, he died, was reborn as, like, a, either a puppy or a baby, and grew up again, became a half-dog, half-man, because I'm assuming he always still loved her, and then, uh, and then, like, started a dog training business and stuff like that, and, like, just never, waited until he was their old age to come find her, but then, when he found her, was able to turn into an old man, which didn't matter, because after they got married, they turned into young people anyway. I don't get it. <laughs> it was like Benjamin Button. I was getting flashbacks to Benjamin Button. Which I do want to watch again. I, I um, I I just think it's a like instead. I, I keep thinking Benjamin Button is like a Forrest Gump ripoff, and it is structurally totally is. But it's also a movie about like timing and and like being in love with somebody and, and like it never works, but then you have that period when it does, and like I think they met they have that window really well done. But yeah, this is kind of like that where it's just like it doesn't matter like old people young people it's just it's so weird it's so crazy and then like my favorite parts in the middle of this ending are just like her best friend corrects her on just this stupid concept of math like she just found out about this dog and the magic and she gets the she honestly figures it out faster than she does and you're like oh you're such an idiot you're such an idiot but the writers didn't the writers didn't figure it out because they didn't put a number before years later they just said this is years later no like they're it isn't the logic of it it's the fact that they decided to embarrass their main character for no reason for no reason they're like she did this stupid thing look how stupid literally when when he when prince walks back into the house and he's like is the room for rent she's like not anymore and i'm like yeah because i'm a dumbass like that's how she says it she's like i fucked up i mean i thought she already knew that because didn't he tell her that that was gonna happen like I, that's the thing, whether she whether he did or didn't, and the movie made that mistake or not, it's like she didn't think of it properly, and the fact that she did it for so long, like why would you why would you take the time to make your main character embarrassed to embarrass them? Like why? Just on a basic level, like it doesn't matter how they do it. Like why would you do it? 
And then at the same time, right before they did it, like the character spoke about her epiphany. She's like, I wasn't, I wasn't fully committed to him. And because I wasn't, it screwed things up, which is 100% the case of this movie. Like she's the fucking problem here. Oh, the, the answer from the pond at the end is, dude, you just have to deal with her crazy bullshit. That's the answer. And then he gets hit by a car. I, I don't I don't get it. Now you know I, how I feel. Now you know how I felt when I watched God's Not Dead. When he gets hit by the car. Pretty close, man. They're both dogs. <laughs> um so we'd be remiss if we didn't if I did if I did not proverbially set you loose, Alex. So I must ask you, who is Fen Tian? Fen Tian. Um well, she go. She went by Jennifer Tan. Um, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm. I'm. Very little about this movie is known, or has been known, until three weeks ago, when a bevy of information was brought uh, to our fingertips. So this is how I found this movie. How most people discovered this movie was um, through Ralph the Movie Maker on YouTube. Two years ago, he found this movie on Amazon and he made a video about it. Ralph the Movie Maker usually makes takedown pieces on So Bad It's Good movies or TV shows. And he also does stuff on good stuff. And he also makes great movies himself. Ralph the Movie Maker's short films are really good. They're all on YouTube. Um, so he made a video about this and he just broke it down, man. He really just tore it apart. And like right out the gate, he's like... This thing is as good as The Room. It's a secret hidden gem. More people need to know about this. As of now, it's like got more than a million views, at least. Uh, and it, I watched it, and I got, five min I got five minutes into his video, which gets you to the point where the dog gets to the talking pond. And that's when I was like, fuck it, I'm in. I'm watching this right now. I canceled the <laughs> play. I, I put, put things, I locked my door with nails. I was like, <laughs> did you just like do that cartoonish thing where it's like you got two by fours out of nowhere and just started hammering the door? Ian, <laughs> I'm not going nowhere. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna shit in a bucket. I'm watching this movie. It's an hour and a half. I expect to shit in a bucket. So uh, <laughs> I turn on the movie and right, if he hadn't told me there wasn't any music, I would have been freaked out too. Because yes, you start it and there's no music, and um, I just watch it and I'm just shocked. At what I'm seeing, <laughs> it is insane what I'm watching. It's a fucking ride, man. It and the thing is, I legit think this is a horror movie to a certain extent. Like either this is yes. a magical movie involving dogs, or this is a movie where a woman is slowly going insane through the basic traumas of her life. Like her mother has traumatized her life. All the men in her life are just fucking ruining her. Her best friend is an absolute bitch and the moment this girl actually finds love she disowns her and guilt trips her and just absolute shatters their friendship for no fucking reason it's like everything in her life is falling apart and blaming her for it of course she goes insane and falls in love with her dog like the moment that like the moment after she goes on the date with the guy who says i'm not physically attracted to you I just want you to have my baby and marry me in marriage because I'm because I'm gay. And then the and then her boss comes in and just like sexually assaults her in her own home. And she just runs out in the middle of the rain. 
and her dog turns into a fucking gorgeous man in front of her eyes and he's like i love you and i was you know he tells her whole story and his backstory and everything and he's like this beautiful dude and you think that she would be happy but like she looks concerned she looks scared for her own health and then eventually (laughs) gives in she's just like oh my prayers are answered and like she's that's it she's given into her delusions the rest of this movie is her just like insane and you know what it totally fucking is it totally is like I, there are so many moments where she's like, I, I, she's like, it would be too real, so she has to push it. Like, I don't, I don't get it. It's so crazy, and it's like, shit, that's so insane. <laughs> but it's like, the part about it is, this is a, this is supposed to be from the perspective of the dog. The dog Prince is the main character of the movie, and yet he really isn't. And yet, like, he falls in love with her, like the pond is just keeps pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. Like apparently he has to fall in love with a woman for him to stop being a dog forever and be a human. But he's like, I met a woman and she's like, but you have to love her. And he legitimately saves her life and then falls in love with her. And then he becomes half dog, half human, like human at night dog during the day. And he's like, what's up pond? I love her. But she's like, no, you have to provide as a husband. And I'm like, what the fuck is what? Somniac with David Teller's got to get a nighttime job. What are we doing right now? And then he does that and loves her even more. And then he's like, why am I still a half human, half dog? And she's like, but do you love her? He's like, fuck you, Bond. And I don't get it. And she's crazy. This chick is crazy. Legit. Even her delusions. (laughs) She's crazy. It's (laughs) fucking crazy. So I'm watching this movie. It's a, and I look it up and I can't find any information about it. Period. I don't look too hard into the actors, which I should have, but it, uh, it, it's, I can't get much out of it. It's just this thing is amazing. And since Ralph the Movie Maker's thing, IMDb has been flooded with reviews and, uh, and I, Amazon's been flooded with reviews from people. 9.2 are- out of 10 on IMDb. 9.2 Absol- out of 10. Absolutely. That's all Ralph the Movie Maker. So I've watched this movie. I suggest it to you guys. I don't know anybody who really knows it. There's a few podcasts that have done it, including Ralph's own Sardonicast. And there's a few people who know about it now. It's starting to grow in popularity. Um, Three weeks ago, Ralph the Movie Maker posts an interview, an hour-long interview with Stephen Kramer Glickman from Big Time Rush, who apparently was the guy who voiced the dog. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and we're all and and I'm just like, oh my god! So timely for us, so timely. I was yes. like, I'm gonna save this interview for when we hit the movie, and we hit the movie. So I didn't even know this existed until I re I was gonna rewatch Ralph's thing, and I was like, oh my god, this is here. I I, I follow Ralph. He's in my subscription thing. I just I saw him interviewing someone. I was like, I'll get to it later. But no, this is the guy who voiced the dog. So. I want people to see this. I want you to watch this interview. You have to. So I'm going to skim across it and do some bare bones stuff. And then I'm also just going to let you go to town and ask questions. But here's the deal for for what we know about him. Uh, So apparently this was made in the early 2000s by Jennifer Tian, our second female filmmaker of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. 
Uh, she is yes. a she is a Chinese Damn woman. <laughs> she, does not, she does not speak very much English. She would go. She tried so hard to get this movie made. It was her passion. She wrote the movie. Every line of dialogue in Chinese, and then translated it in English through an through a program before Google Translate even existed. Like that's why it's as poor it is. That's why she made every actor say it the, those specific words in that specific way. Um, she uh, she paid certain actors in food. Some actors she didn't even pay. Some people in the <laughs> didn't pay. For everything <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh, God. okay so um she this is the crazy thing she eventually at some point convinced a church in china to to finance this then that's why that's why she well here's the thing well, no, no, no. She, they fly to America to see what she made. They see the movie. They disown the project and cut the finance. And she has to go to get money from other people. Like, she just lied to them. She was like, oh they saw God. it and they were like, what the fuck is this? Give it, no, we're done. Done. Do not answer our phone calls. Done. And they left her. Um, Don't answer. Yeah, done. They were done. No. So, <laughs> Backwards. So. Here's the story that Steven uh, Kramer Glickman says about him. I'm going to bare bones it because I want him, I want people to find the video and for you to watch it and for, to hear it. Uh, but basically, he, in the, early, in the early 2000s, was getting into the comedy scene and was working at a, a comedy club, famous comedy club, and was trying to get jobs. A comedian comes up to him and says, someone offered me a job, but I don't want it. Do you want it? And he was like... Really? And they were like, it, it pays horrible, and it's just like a voice gig. And he's like, absolutely, I'll take any job, any job. And he does. He goes, he he meets the uh, director Jennifer uh, Jennifer Ten, and she pays him in food. And um, <laughs> and they uh, he goes and does it. It's weird. It's odd. She barely speaks any English. She just, it's a job. It's whatever. And he goes about his day. Years later, he well, I wouldn't say years later, but like uh, long enough later. He gets a job offer on Broadway. It's the biggest job offer he's ever had in his life. He's five days away from going to New York to do this. And the director calls him and says, I need you to come in and re-record everything. The movie has entirely changed. And he's like, fuck you. I'm going to New York to go on Broadway. I'm, I'm going to, like, this is the biggest job I've ever had in my life. I'm not giving my last five days to go prepare for this. To you, you paid me in food. And she was like, she couldn't speak very good English. And the editor, he was just sucked into this move. And the editor came in and he was like, look, I need you to come and do this. The, him and the editor eventually stayed in touch, but the editor will not admit who he is. There, he, he has behind the scenes footage of the voice recording with them. He will not give it to him, to Glickman, to show us because he doesn't want anyone to know that he ever edited this movie because he's actually a big editor these days. So, like, oh, the game is on. The game is on. Nobody will admit that, that nobody will talk about or admit that they were part of this. No, the only person who has come out and said anything about his participation in this is Glickman three weeks ago. So we landed on a bevy. So here's the deal. He's got he's got five days to go. And the, the editor's like, look, dude, we really need your help. I really need to get this done. And he, because he was nice, decided to go do it. And he dedicated two days to get this done. 
and he sat in the room with the uh, with the director and she made him say every line a specific way that's why you get like i'm not gay and like that's like <laughs> like the first 10 minutes he's talking so weird and none of it makes any sense i will not on a chick like like all of that is because she made him say it a certain way and eventually he was like nobody talks like that that's not how people talk and then he just like they stopped arguing by the end because the, the recording was done sequentially. And then he was eventually just commenting on the movie. He eventually wasn't even doing things from the script. He was just saying whatever the hell he wanted. And he was just watching the movie with his like mouth agape. Like, this is what you fucking made. You made this. This is insane. This is insane. This is insane. And then he left. He went to New York. He did the job. He's like, one day I got to see this. Ten years later, like a friend helped him download it from a Chinese streaming service, and they watched it. And he's like, "This is ridiculous." And that's where they realized that there was music at a certain point, but there isn't now. And then he was like, "It's dead. It's gone. No one ever see it again. Whatever." He goes on Broadway, and then he ends up on Big Time Rush on Nickelodeon. And it's a big thing. He has a big podcast now. A lot of interesting guests. He's seems like a really nice, genuine guy. Uh, uh, well, Ralph the Movie Makers finds it two years ago. It comes out. And he comes out and starts to talk about it. So this is how we know somewhat about it is his interview. And it's real. It's a treasure, treasure trove, of just interesting facts about this thing. It's so crazy. So, um, yeah, that's how we know about it. That's how everyone knows about it. It's pretty fresh to the uh, <laughs> bad, it's good game. But it is a absolute home run knockout. It is just like, bam, I love it. It is insane crazy bananas could only come from the passion and drive of an insane person 110 percent either an alien or an insane person made this movie and i'm not like i i I don't mean it in a bad way uh in terms of just this movie but it seems like she made other people's lives a living hell because she just wasn't right in the head so (laughs) she really was just uh, a bad person to work with who also whatever problems she had mucking around in that head somehow got on screen and uh we are all the better for it because this movie is bananas chris how did you like it oh god um (laughs) um so i texted you 90 seconds in when he's when he uttered the line i'm not gay stop the movie i'm like Oh my God, I had to walk out of the room. I didn't realize the impact that that line would have on me. So I literally stopped the movie 90 seconds and messaged you that I was crying. (laughs) I laughed for like two two and a half straight minutes. I was like, oh my God, like this is happening. That was was my line too. When I saw that in the Ralph video, because I got to see it there instead of the movie, I was like, what? My brain was just like, how does that happen? Is this a, I don't like, so like, it was a supernova in my head. I was like, I'm in the 90, the next 90 minutes. I'm in on this. <laughs> um, and then there was a magic and there was a magic pond. They told me, okay, you gotta go find a true love, whatever. So then he finds this, he finds this blonde, which I could not for the life of me think of Elizabeth Moss. Cause she looks exact, almost exactly like her in some ways. Um, Moss, yeah. Um, so then I thought the movie 
was going to be entirely this dog trying to get laid by this woman. It kind of is. I did not expect that he would become half man, half dog. When he turns human, it is it is a test, man. Like that's the moment where like like she gives in, and I I think like you as the audience are so shocked by that that you're kind of in you're still in shock for the next few minutes, especially when she's laughing in bed as he's trying to fuck her. That's just insane. That's an insane moment. She's like he he he, and he's like looking at her like this is just I'm gonna just. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to fuck you. It's like, what is going on right now? And then she wakes up and there's a dog in bed. That's that, that series of moments. That series of scene. My favorite scene is when she wakes up to the dog in bed. It's the greatest thing ever. It's the greatest thing ever. She just gets out and she's like, no. I'm like, that. there's so much, so <laughs> much power behind that. No, um, it's insane. Yeah, it's like that. that is the moment where she gives in. And then if you are like still in by the time that he jumps, that she jumps into the pool because of the like dinner with her boss, whom we've never met before, um, you are insane. You have given in. If you make it to the end of this movie, you are like the like she gives in that the movie does, and then you as a viewer, like all logic is thrown out the window. You just accept whatever this movie throws at you, and you give in. Uh, you give in to the delusion that she it, it, that she has. It's it's insane. It's insane. <clears throat> so, like, oh man. So like, so like, uh, Rita and her mom are trying to push a man onto her, and so yeah, they. She meets a guy at work, like like a nice Asian guy, and it turns oh. out it turns out that he's. That I saw it coming from a mile away. I was like, "There's like as soon as he started, I was like we don't even have to be together. This is we don't have to be together. You just like do whatever you want and like just be my wife." I'm like, "Oh no, he's gay." Hell yeah, dude! That they is, made him gay, dude. That is the that is the overdramatic speech of a gay man. So, and then he just comes out with it, and I'm like, and then be- just before that, there was the guy. There was the guy who brought his mom on a date. Oh, two of them, and then the second one, the mom's like, "If you're gonna be the stepmother to my grandchild, we're gonna take those tubes out." And it's like, what? <laughs> it's that, but that's the thing. There's so many traumatic things that happened to her in a row. It's insane. And then, then, when her, when her, when her, uh, when her friend finds out that she's actually seeing someone, she's like, "You're such a hypocrite! I thought you were supposed to be a virgin." I'm like, "Were you a what? Second, what? Third, weren't you just pressuring her to get a boyfriend or something like that? Weren't you the one trying to convince her to get a boyfriend? And then you walk out in her life and call her a hypocrite and then walk out? Are you serious? Yeah, it's like it's like she's sitting there going, like, it's okay to, like, have sex with guys. Guys, like, casual sex is fun. There's nothing wrong with it. But, like, secretly on the downturn, she's felt that just because her friend 
is a virgin and won't do that. Like, when they talk about it, she's never making an argument for virginity. She's not even making an argument for her virginity. She's just like, I don't really do that. It's just not my thing. I just haven't found the person I want to have sex with yet. Like, I'm a fucking crazy person. So, you know, my I'm not really handling this correctly, but she's not pushing it. And yet this this her friends on the other side being like, man, she's really making me feel horrible for being a slut. I, I mean, <laughs> she feels so shameful being a slut that like the moment she like has sex with anyone, anyone, even if she had a boyfriend, she's like, I get that like your friend didn't tell you she had a boyfriend. That's fine. I get that. That is kind of upsetting, especially when you yourself have been saying go date and she's dating now. But like you that's a fight that maybe lasts a week or two and you fix it especially when your best friends who come to each other's houses when like your car broke down and you need a shower she just literally walked in locked to the door and she's like hey i'm just gonna go take a shower like that's incredibly realistic and what best friends do i believe that but you don't you don't drop your friendship for years for that shit you fix it that's not a friend that's someone who's been waiting for an opportunity because they hate you to dump your friendship and make you feel guilty for it. Paula was waiting for the opportunity to be like, I'm dumping this crazy chick who's fucking her dog, and I'm going to do it right now. And I think that she did that. I think she lied to her because what we, she actually saw was her having sex with her dog. <laughs> so... Wait, if you wanted to, but, like, it doesn't matter. This movie's crazy whether you think she's crazy or not. This predates Twilight. I just realized this. This predates Twilight and almost hits these beats. Because when it turns out that he's, like, a human... He's a a reincarnated... That he was a human reincarnated into a golden retriever. I was like, wait a second. So... Like... And then no, okay. So I I saw that moment happen where he turns into a human. I looked at the seat. I looked at the looked at where I was in terms of time. I'm like, there's another hour to this. I was like, you just did an entire freaking movie. That you just did an entire. You literally just did Beauty and the Beast in 25 minutes, very poorly. And now yeah. we have to go through another hour of this. So here here's something that Ralph the movie maker pointed out in his video. The way that this movie is structured and edited is that it has a story of their romance, but then it also, like any movie, has subplots, B stories, C stories. It has, A, way too many of these, and B, the stories do not happen throughout the movie and have their stories tied tied together like throughout the film. They happen right away. So when a side story shows up of, her mom, you know, is going to meet them for a dinner and then a birth certificate, whatever. And then, like, that moment, that story just ends and you never see it again. That happens, like, in a row. So you're constantly feeling the 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 back-and-forth motion of a story beginning and immediately ending. And you that's why the movie feels like it's forever, because you're just, like, uh, it's... Um, God, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a good metaphor for what it's like, but, like, you just basically... It's like a comic strip. It's like a. Have you ever like looked at a comic book that's like of like Garfield comics, where it's a, yeah. collo- a collection of them? It's like that. You know, maybe there's a through line throughout the summer where Garfield was like gonna be a superhero and fight crime or something, but then ends up staying at home. Like a few comic strips or that, but like what you're basically seeing is like 
a bop, 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 a beginning, a middle, and end. And then you look at it again, beginning, a middle, end. Get a, you can get a sense of conclusion all the way. That keeps happening here. And it just, it, you constantly feel like the movie is over. How is there more of this? There's more of this. But the great thing about the movie is every single story is amazingly weird and bonkers. You're just like, you're, you're constantly stunned at how basically uh, inept this movie is made because the sound design, the shots, like, oh my God, the voiceovers, like, oh God, the shot composition between when that guy is telling her that he's gay and it's like, she's like basically in the, like the most far right corner of the screen, as far as she can be. He's like in the back left corner and like the shot is really of the painting behind him. And it's like, no one knows this painting. No one knows who these people are. You may tell us who the artist is, but I'm not going to look this up. Like he's telling her a very important, he's acting his ass off and you can't put the goddamn camera on his face. This movie's crazy. So. Um, so it was also quite confusing because there was like some scenes that were obviously shot in the day and the, in the, and the, the human version of the dog yeah. is like walking around. I'm like, wait, how does this, I mean, how does this work? Is this supposed to be nighttime? Like, it doesn't look like nighttime. It looks like an overcast day. And yep. so then speaking of overcast, that is a rule. Like the sunset, like it's like the sun is the indicator of when he should turn into a dog. It can be cloudy and he can be a human. Yes. I can tell you exactly how that happened in her head. So I bet she's like, okay, I need to make this interesting. What if I make, what if I make up the fact that she has that, I make it cloudy so that in so that that so that way the sun doesn't like turn him into a dog during the day and she and the, like as they as she was writing it I can tell you like she came up with that as she was writing it because I feel like that's exactly what would happen to me so they go out <laughs> like they go out and they introduce so she literally turns into the woman that the gay man was looking for throughout this movie. I and my and I think because like at that point she's like I need you to come with me to meet my boss so that I look good so I get a promotion. And yeah, I'm like, you, know, you are they, using him to yeah, advance they, your own life, which is so exactly weird. what the cake I was trying what to do. Bitch. Dude, she sucks, man. I'm glad. That, I'm glad that he left her, dude. I'm glad he left her and then was lucky enough to die and then get to live his own life without her. Like, just for a little bit. Like, look, they loved each other and that's fine. But um, she needed to, like, understand where her problems were. And luckily they get to be married and be young and start over. Great. It's a love story. Fine. The movie is basically about people finding love. And you can't really shit on that. But I do think it, she's such a bitch, man. Who gives a shit about your mom? She's a bitch. Who gives a shit about your boss, man? Like, jobs come and go. You you have you have a half man, half dog. Half man, half dog. That's and awesome. then, then, after that, after that, her boss from the, the from the from whatever like cheap thrift store she was working at 
like barges into her door because it's not locked and oh. is like, it's like, I, it just, just, just forces himself onto her. And it's just, oh my God. <laughs> I love you. I might have a sexless marriage. And you're like, what? I broke. That's where I broke. I'm like, oh man. I'm like, no, no. I was scared for a second because I thought like when that dude is first introduced that because he's like it when he's first introduced it's like the camera's like behind him so I'm like oh my god if that's Kevin Sorbo I'm I, I I'm gonna have a heart attack turns out it was not Kevin Sorbo no no um, no he's and he should be no one's good no one should have been in this so so that first time where he's like <laughs> there's a spider on your back. Let me get it for you. And then he grows her back. Yeah, just starts rubbing rubbing her body. Super gross. And she, like, legit just, like, runs away. She's just like, ah, ah. She should have quit right there. Like, and then he's like, here's a dress. I want you to wear this dress and look better at work. And she's like, even the way, just her accepting that. She's like, okay, you're fucking, okay, fucking creepy. Like, give me the dress. And then she likes the dress anyway. And she never wears it at work. We never see that. Uh, uh, but then he just barges in, and he's, it's like, uh, but Lenny's like, you're fired. She's like, oh, I quit! Oh, God, it's so beautiful. It is a series of events that leads her to uh, try to commit suicide. Uh, I think my favorite thing when Yes, yeah, she tried to OD. I forgot about to... that. And then he plays dead in the middle of the street, which <laughs> gets this one guy. And then he's like, and then turns out the dog's fine. He le- this guy follows the dog back to the apartment. And then the guy goes in and she sees her on the yeah. floor. She's dead at that point. Like, the amount of time it takes to get that done, she's dead. So here's the thing. A, when he bites the man and gets the boss to leave, she's crying because she's been sexually assaulted. Her, her other boyfriend... Uh, is gay and doesn't want to marry her and gives her an ultimatum just like the other boyfriend did which is an even creepier ultimatum like all of the men in her life suck her mom is on her case and her best friend wants her to just fuck every dude anyway like her mind is broken and she's crying on the couch and the dog's like I'm the king of the castle I'm a dog I'm a doggy doggy dog and you're just like what the fuck am I watching what the fuck is going on and then she tries to kill herself and then, yeah, he runs out, and he finds somebody, gets back to her, uh, should have been dead by that point. And then he just roams the streets uh, because he's like, if she dies, then I'll never be human. And you're like, dude, if she dies, she dies, and you should care about that. And, and they just let her out of the hospital in the same dress in, to just go home alone. They don't send her to the cops. They don't send her to a therapist. They just let this woman go home. She obviously OD'd. <laughs> Off of, off of, she actually, she tried to kill. She should be in jail. She should be, she, like, they, she had to see somebody. That's a, that's against the law. And they just send her home. And then you know she's crazy because like she goes home, can't find the dog, grabs an umbrella in the rain, and then just immediately throws that shit away and <laughs> finds the dog, and it turns into a man. And you're like, you're crazy. You're crazy. Give in. <laughs> Give in or kill yourself. And you feel that you suck. Fuck your dog. But like all of that, all of that is like nothing 
not like nothing compared to the rest of the movie just being the relationship problems of dating a half man half dog um i I love it i love it i so <laughs> we talked about the fact that this movie just in just for no random reason throughout the entire runtime cuts to two ducks. Oh yeah, like like ducks are supposed to be thematically relevant. They um, are. It's just the fact that these two different colored ducks meet each other and then are they swimming next to each other, then swim with each other, then separate from each other, then there's one duck, and you're like, okay. That's like that's like kindergarten level. Oh, oh god, it's about a dog. Why did you use ducks? Oh, interesting. Oh. I just found something for later. Anyway, um, so <laughs> so that moment where she. And then they're trying to, like, live. And I was like, okay, so why did... I was was literally asking myself, like, how is this not, like... How is he not, like... Okay, so, obviously, throughout the whole time, I was like, okay, so here's the thing. This is where I got, like, this is where, like... The movie started like the movie start like the movie was messing with me because the dog and the human I convinced are two different people. They are two different people. They're two vastly different people. Well, that's the thing. Like I said, it they filmed the movie and then they came back to the guy who voiced the dog originally and they were like, "We already paid you. You're part of this project. Come and help us." And because he was nice, he did it anyway. But because he didn't he wasn't a part of any of the production and he got to see what this movie is. When you're an actor and you're in it, you don't see the shot compositions. You're not able to see the dailies. You just do the performance and hope it's good. You don't know what it looks like. You don't you don't see the edit until it's all said and done. He got to see the edit and he was constantly arguing with this woman that it got to the point that because she couldn't speak English and didn't know he was making fun of the movie that he just straight up just started making fun of the movie when she jumps into the pool and he's like you pizza faced moron like that shit is ruthless like he's like he doesn't give a shit I love it it's like Prince is trying the actor of Prince is trying he's like I love you and you're and you're beautiful and I just I'm trying not to give away that I'm fucking you to be human and it's like, that's his goal. But like, even he admits that. But the dog is like, I don't like this lady. Your house is green. My name is Alvin Flang. Like, he doesn't give a that's shit. That's the thing, too. He is trying to, he is openly saying to her, I am trying to get you to love me so I can turn into a human. You need to love me. And it's like, but like, maybe not the best approach, man. But she can't understand him as a dog. As a dog, he's, like, being honest. I guess if you want to look at them as the same character. As a dog, he's like, fuck, fuck man, I'm ne- I just want to be human. I will never reach my goal. Like, that's all he cares about. He's rarely ever talking about how he loves her until the end when he runs to her and he's like, I love her. Or, like, later, he's like, she's like when the pond's like, aren't you happy? He's like, no, 
I want to be full human. That's all he cares about. That's all, that's all he cares about. And you have to ask yourself, at what point was the actor, Glickman, just giving up on the script and when he was still saying stuff from the script? Because, like, the end when he's saying the, like, I still love her, I need to go back to her, he's, he's supposedly trying to mean it, and maybe he's reading for the script or not. I don't know. But, like, there are times where he just doesn't give a shit. And he's like, why do you keep wearing green? This is like, I, you know, there's, there's just things in there that you like had to come from a guy who gave up and knew that this thing was garbage and thought it was hilarious. But where Prince had to sit there with the actress and the director, like she was there every day with those actors, pushing them to act a certain way. No one talks like this in real life. Nobody acts like this in real life. It's because the director made them do it. He had two days to do it and was doing it for free. And eventually at a certain point made that argument of just like, either you let me do it the way I want to do it or I'm going to leave. And the director had no other choice but to like let him do it the way. Like He came here, he's there, and you're not going to get anybody else. So here we are. And that's what we get, two vastly different performances of the same character because the director didn't have anybody else. And it's hilarious because you legit have somebody who understands the quality of how good, bad this is within the film talking about it why is everything green why is her face pimpled why is all of this shit happening like this pond is fucking with me this is so stupid like it's amazing i love it it's like you no film has that no film has a actual person in production doing his own commentary that is actually inherent to the plot but entirely realistic about how shitty this entire process is it's amazing So, <clears throat> so I just could not like just oh man, like this was a this was a trip, um, <laughs> to say the to, least. This movie asked you to jump through a lot of hoops and to get over a lot of obstacles. So <laughs> I see what you yes. said. Um. <coughs> oh, God, this is. This is like, I don't know what to get, like, I think Surfer is a, I think Surfer is a better bad, a better bad movie. Like, I, I think, like a better so bad it's good movie. Like, I got more of a kick out of, and it's all about like, I know it's like, I know like where we saw it was like a huge factor, but like. Seeing a movie like these, The Room, this, anything like these will always 110% be better if the first time you see is with a group of people. Always will be better. Like, if we, I guarantee you, if you watch Surfer by yourself, all of those scenes of him surfing would have absolutely bored you. And it wouldn't have been as good. Like, yes, I, absolutely. Dude, I, I've watched Love on a Leash literally four times this week. I'm watching it again right now. I fucking love it. I fucking love this movie. This is amazing. <laughs> I love this shit. I, I am what I I I what Zach talks about. I love the passion, the irony of all of this, but like I don't think it's bad if it's entertaining. But for me, when it comes to so bad it good, like I don't rate them. It's are they of the quality of this? Like Troll Two, for example, is of the quality of this in my mind. Like Troll Two is as insane as this. It just has more of a budget to a certain extent. Like this is a this is room quality where like every decision, 
every decision is batshit insane. Birdemic is on this level. So I don't have I I it's hard for me to say which one is my favorite. I think this one is pretty bonkers, but it's like it's because we don't know anything about it that's also kind of amazing too. You can't yeah. there's still history behind this. The room has been unveiled in a lot of ways, and luckily there's rich history in there and a story in there that you can seek your teeth in of two guys who became friends that are just absolute absolute polar opposites, but also um, have the same dream, and their friendship has uh, become amazing and it's taking them around the world, and that's amazing. That's a beautiful story. Also, all the insane decisions and stuff that came on set are fun and wonderful, and they've made a movie about it and all that stuff. Like, not, I don't know what I could have, I don't know what answers I would have been able to give you or what we could have figured out if not but three weeks ago someone came I in don't and, really, like, that's my thing. I don't yeah. really have, like, questions. I just am, like, at a complete loss, honestly. I have so many questions. Why did she instruct the dude to kick a dog? Like, what? Oh, my God. That's, like, so many weird things. Why? Okay, so why is her apartment green? Well, apparently green means horny in China, so everything is green because she's so horny. Like, why is that? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's true. That's a true thing. Why does she have pimples all over her face? Because <sighs> all over her face. <laughs> Just the decisions in this are so bonkers. The story is so imaginative. There's so many twists. I'm watching. I'm watching her. There's a, there's an entire subplot in this movie where he becomes a commercial dog, and that pisses her off because she thinks he's stealing money and it creates a huge fight that, that is true <laughs> this movie has everything uh, I, I recently watched The Room again and I fell in love with it all over again I think that movie it, it's, it, it really is great and it serves so well over time um, I think all of these are of that quality I think um, Hawaii Hard Ticket to Hawaii is up there too just like it, it doesn't matter. There's no, you can't apply quality to this film in terms of normal sense. It's you can't rate this the same way you would Schindler's List or even a B grade like, uh, uh, um, uh, which like, is why it has a nine point two out of ten on IMDb out of like sixty five hundred people because it still is entertaining as hell it's like people committed to this idea that's the thing about so bad it's good it's a commitment to a batshit insane idea 100% away like just no faltering you like a woman was paying people in food hoping almost, to be like that's insane like i can't help but feel bad for the for lisa the, anti- the protagonist, because like I like so, um, so what happened is like on top of the pressure from her friend to not be a virgin, so it's like forty year old virgin. Um, it's like this is a great movie. It's like then her mom and like a Hispanic lady of unknown relation 
I don't. Yeah, I guess she's Hispanic. I don't know what Rita is, but fuck Rita, dude. Fuck Rita. <laughs> yes. I hate her mom so much. Like I, I hate her mom the way that some people hate like Hannibal Lecter and other villains in film. Like, but one of my favorite moments is when they go to dinner and the mom's like, "Why don't you go get your marriage license?" And it's like, "All right, we'll go do that tomorrow." And you're like, "Uh oh, he's gonna go in the daylight." And then all of a sudden, the mom's like. Your husband was supposed, my your father was supposed to meet me, and then he never showed up. And I'm like, holy shit! Wow, this stepped it up a notch. It's just beautiful, beautiful chef's kiss. Like that, that, that dude. She is messed up for the rest of her life. Oh god, she went. Dude, she's fucking her dog. She's fucking her dog. You have um, to. Be- so, like, so there was all, all this pressure, and then it turns out the person that he that she does fall in love with is her dog, and then the dog has a weird spell on it, and then, like, like she does have some kind of mental illness. Um, if she doesn't, she is traumatized enough that her psyche is broken. Like, yeah, where she turns in her life is somebody like the amount of trauma. Just guilting her to everything. The amount of trauma that I that she goes through in this movie is like, like, <laughs> so like, so Dan Olson of Folding Ideas, he did a trilogy of videos on Fifty Shades of Grey. I was getting vibes from that. Dude, watching this, this. Like, this is like an Aronofsky movie. This is like a Lord. <laughs> this woman is going through some things, man. This is like Black, Black Swan. Swan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. This is uh, like uh, Mulholland Drive territory where people are like diving into their own fantasies because they don't want to admit to the terrible things they've done. Like, this is this is up there. This woman's brain is broken. She is giving into it, and you are along so, for the ride. Here's an interesting question. We've we've done paprika on this yeah. on this show. What do you think her head would look like if we had the te- uh, we had that technology? Holy shit! Oh my god! Um, wow! It would the possibilities be, are endless. <laughs> like I would imagine that it would be that you would be the person she was in love with, that you would be constantly shifting animals because you would never be the right animal she wanted to be. She would freak out on you. You would feel guilty for it. And then the moment you would finally want to break apart, her mom would step in, do something awful, and you'd feel bad and go through the entire cycle again. But with, like, that the toy parade behind you. She's the thing controlling the parade. Dude, this bitch is controlling that parade, man. Um, yeah. So. (laughs) Absolutely. She'd swallow paprika up and we'd all be screwed. So then, okay, just let me, I'm going to go through the end because like, I, it's like, he finally figures it out. I have to love her because she's, I have to love her because she's crazy. I have to love her for that. So then he runs all the way back and then gets hit by a car. And I'm like, yup. Yep. By the way, that dog is so, so, yeah, that, that dog is adorable. Um, Puppers, is a pupper. I don't want to even know how they got the shot of the car. Like it happened so fast that I don't even remember how, like how that shot looked of how the dog got ran over. Um, it, I would assume that it's forced perspective. 
But okay. it looks like it does look like an unleashed dog running into a, a speeding car for sure. Okay. I will give them that. But uh, I did. If you like, they do show in the outtakes that it's just a tired old dog with like syrup right. on, just taking a nap in the street. It's so cute. Um. So then that happens, and I'm like, oh my god. There's still ten minutes left, and so, um, um, so then I was like, okay, that all just happened. Now she's probably gonna kill herself because she's destroyed. And so then I saw it years <laughs> later, and I literally almost like threw some, like almost like. I almost like threw my water bottle across the room. I was like, "You gotta be kidding me! You're doing you're doing a time jump. It's like just another romantic wrestling comedy where they kept doing time jumps at the worst time." Oh yeah, I know, I know. I thought you'd like that. And so I'm like, "God dang it!" And so it's years later. They got decent makeup on them. Um. Her friend comes back to check out, like, the apartment for rent, and uh, she's got kids now, and then she explains how, like, uh, she explains what happened, and blah, 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 and then, then she, it turns out she's an idiot, because she, <laughs> because she's like, he should have been, he should have been back when I was like, well, maybe because he was reborn, he has to relive the time that he got <laughs> there. I was like, oh, I guess I didn't think about that. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. It's so it's so I laughed so hard the first time I watched it because like it's so funny to me that Paula's like, oh, this whole thing happened. She's so accepting of it. And then she tells us she says that and she's like, Oh honey, oh sweetheart, no, no. And I'm just like, Oh God, will the universe stop kicking her in the fucking crotch? Well, she just stopped getting fucked by the world. Like, what's going on? And then he comes in with this stupid-ass wig on, and I'm like, what are you doing? What's going on right now? And then he changes to an old man, and you can see on the actor's face how dumb all of this is. You can see on the guy's face <laughs> how dumb he thinks this shit is and how none of it makes sense, and he just gives in, and he's like, I train... He's holding in the laughter. Just, I train dogs now. You know before that scene happened, he's like, can you explain any of this? I, you know he can't. And it's so amazing. Oh, God. Then they get married, then they get married, then they're young again, and that's literally how it ends. Like... No explanation. Yeah, that's how it ends, yeah. It's <sighs> What a trip. This movie is a trip. Between there no being being no music and the oddly sh oddly shot like interior night scenes, and like this woman like this movie asks a lot of you. Not gonna lie, it like, does. Yeah, I guarantee you, dude. If you watch this with an audience. I think more crazy shit happens in this than Surfer. I think Surfer, ha the padding of the kids is elevated by us woohooing and chanting and having a good time. Watching that by yourself, eventually at a certain point, you'd be checking your phone. You would have to, I, like even me. And I want to watch that movie by myself again so badly. I just, I want to, that thing, I would fall asleep to Surfer. It's just that movie's insane. Um, 
But there's so much crazy shit happening in this movie every single minute that if you watch this with a crowd, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. I think this would just be a fantastic ride, especially with no music. You know, you know that pe- that live bands would show up and start playing music to this movie. You know it, that people would DJ to this movie. Like the live experience of Love on a Leash is going to be crazy. It's going to blow our minds. And no one's done it yet. And I just can't believe it. So just not there yet. Very early stages. You you and I, I will forever give you credit for Surfer. And one day Surfer <laughs> will be as big as the other ones. It just has to have mass. People just have to be able to see it. But this is the second stage of what Surfer has to get to. Like this movie, a million people have seen the Ralph things. So like at least in like half of that, let's say half of that have seen this movie, which is more than anyone ever should have seen. So like it will get one day there will be love on a leash theater things when people can go back to midnight movies and it will be amazing, especially if people can have music. Oh, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. Um, uh, since you, since we are mentioning surfer, it is still not on streaming. Is our, our weekly search. Though so I did find something funny. It was one of the reviews they have on the, on the front page of uh, Surfer, uh, the Surfer website, and it is from AndersonVision.com, and it's quoted saying, "Talking seriously about life in front of a dead whale is the kind of thing that should resurrect Bertolt Brecht." Damn right! Oh my God, <laughs> that movie so much. I loved it. So. <laughs> it was everything, I, dude. It was everything I wanted it to be. Watching it with a crowd was just so much better. It's so much better. Like I love these movies by myself. I will always love them by myself. I do not need a crowd. I fucking love this shit. I love it. You can <laughs> you can be terribly boring, but if you are interesting, I'm in. This movie, I can see how it can be trying. Now that I know why that's the case, I can catch that rhythm and I can get into it. And I can stop this movie if I want to. But I never have. Every time I've watched it, I've watched it beginning to end. And every time it gets so crazy it's just i love it I, I love it so much i love these kinds of movies but i will always always concede to the fact that they will forever be better with a crowd always these movies will be better with a crowd always i say always better with crowd always will be. <laughs> um if we don't have anything else to add i think it's time we should grade uh, the one last thing I will add is, what did you think of the chemistry between the leads? I mean, it's awful. <laughs> like, borderline unbearable. Okay. So you don't think they? You don't think they match? I around? don't. I don't think they. It's just like, first off, there's no strength behind the camera that can. There's no. There's no like. There's no one really steering this ship, so it's kind of hard to have to like <laughs> have chemistry if you have nothing to work with. So they kind of just worked off whatever they could think of and what they, they they guess they're not the best improvisers because like it's just so like stiff and over the top. And I think it's because the director had a very specific idea how this was supposed to go in her mind. She could not explain it well because she did not speak their language. And they also just did not agree with her decisions. 
and the script like people don't talk like that so like the end result of these actors just kind of like dealing with it that's it which is kind of eking their way through um so they married in real life and have a child and are no longer in the business really yeah she's a teacher now (laughs) oh no (laughs) i checked you I checked you. I got you. I checked you. I checked you. You walked right into it, dude. I opened the door wide open for you. What? what? Yeah, I know. My fa- I would say my favorite moment with her in the entire movie is when she goes to the park and she sees the woman with the two kids and she interacts with the kids. That is a genuine human moment and she is great with kids. It's amazing. Like... She's so she speaks to them so well. It's just, it's great with them, and I hear she, I believe they are teachers. So I'm happy because she seemed to be really good with the kids. So what do their students think when this stuff is coming out? I don't think any of them like, knew this existed. None of them want to take talk about this. Like the actors, the the guy who did the interview, who has worked in the business, has wor- works with people every day now because of the podcast, has tried to get in touch with them throughout the years, but he only was able to get responses through other people from them. Nobody wants to talk about this. Nobody wants to take responsibility for it. And he says so, in the interview, like, and I mean, I understand completely. It's like, it was probably a terrible experience that was weird as shit. And like, it, the end result is terrible. But like, we now live in a culture where there's an appreciation for so bad it's goods rather than just making fun of them. The, when we, when cinephiles find something like this, we cherish it, especially when it's not really that boring. It's actually fucking crazy interesting. So it, it it, I'm ha- I want people to see this on Tubi. I want people to go see it on Amazon. Give the money to Jennifer Tian. She worked for this. She worked her ass off. I want people to like. I want. I want her name out there. This is like. I don't think she ever made another movie. This is just another Night of the Hunter. So I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy with that. I don't know. I haven't looked into her. I haven't looked into her stuff. I bet you she has not. But um, it's crazy and it's entertaining and I love it. So. Alex? Yeah. She has. <gasps> Yay! So... I kind of wanted to do... I kind of wanted to wait to the end to see if that was the case. Um, she directed a move. She directed something called Forbidden Kiss. Forbidden Kiss. Oh, yeah. And apparently it's local, so it's Chinese. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, oh my god, she directed something in 1989. Holy crap. Um, there's one American in there. There's next to nothing about it. Yeah, it's not even out. You can't see it anywhere. Or at least uh... I mean, if it, came, if it came out in China, it came out in China. But I guess I'll... I'll... I do know somebody. I do know somebody who is a teacher in China. <clears throat> Maybe I can get her to... Send, send, get her to dig for it and find it in her off time. Anyway, so then some. She was a co-writer on something called the Twins Code. <laughs> um. Okay, hold on. What? Hold on. Okay, summary. To protect his fortune from financial crisis, billionaire. Impronounceable puts his overseas bank. Okay, Lynn. His last name's Lynn. Uh, Lynn put his 
overseas <laughs> bank account numbers and passwords and a USB driver that looks like a crystal necklace. He entrusted the necklace to his daughter, Lyndon. Okay. Driven by greed, people who wanted a piece of the mass fortune manufactured by manufactured a car crash that killed Lyndon and got the USB driver. When the police and other interested parties were trying to solve the murder and find out the whereabouts of the USB driver, they encountered a woman who looks identical to Lyndon, which made the event even more complicated. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Wow. Well, let me go over to Forbidden Kiss. Is there anything on this? There's a trailer. There's not even. A, there's not even. A, there's not even nothing on Forbidden Kiss. There's nothing. There's a trailer on YouTube, and then there's an interview. Um, it looks like there's an 18 minute interview. I think with the director, and that's all I can find. I can't find the actual movie. I don't think. Uh... But yeah, dude, it sounds like she's just into some crazy banana stuff, man. Okay. So then. If nothing else, we should probably grade. Yeah, that's it. No, I wanted the the, the them getting married is so crazy to me. Yeah, and nobody else wants to. Miss Camp. Like, so so Miss Camp. Um, I hmm. look. I was uh looking through YouTube and there was this guy by the name of Ralph and he made this video on a movie called Love on a Leash. <laughs> the lead. The principal's <laughs> office. Go to the principal's but, office. This <laughs> camp, it looks exactly like you. I mean, look right here on my phone. Calls her husband. She's like, "There's another one that found out. We're gonna have to get rid of another one." <laughs> Call Jack Bauer. <laughs> Call Jack Bauer. We have a situation. He's like, "Honey, Ralph, the movie maker, made a video about it." She's like, "No, you still go to the principal's office." So, I'm kind of conflicted on how to grade this, honestly. This is the... Okay, so... I, okay, this is where things get different. Like, there's no way you can grade this on the same scale you would technically a normal movie that's trying to be a normal movie or a great movie that just is great. Like, you've got to, like, critically, analytically. This is an experience. This is, like, how did you feel about this as an experience? Is it something that you would watch again? either as a group or by, by yourself it did you enjoy yourself like th that i would rate this the same way with like hardcore henry it's an experience you know it's not really about the story although there is some story there you're not supposed to think so much about it it's about to enjoy a first person shooter movie with a story behind it um especially that point where his brother tommy has heart disease uh but so like <laughs> uh that that's that's kind of what the case is here like there's no real story and the kind of story that is there has been edited wrong it's like the way the way that i make a playlist for a song is i like to make them like a story i ebb and flow i make the transition from one song to another really um it, it matters to me like it's a journey when you listen to a mix i've made but to do that before i do that and i gather the songs together i'll put them in categories like these are the rock songs these are the rap songs these would be slow songs intros instrumentals and I put them in categories in my playlist, and then when I make it, I can go to the sections by based off those songs. I feel like she did that, did that with the scenes and the stories and the subplot. She was like, okay, this is the beginning, the middle, and the end of the subplot. This goes here, here, and here. And then she just didn't shuffle it. She just kept it that way. 
kept scenes after scenes and you're like, oh, that's not, oh, no, that's so bad. So, like, yeah, it's inept in a lot of ways for that reason, but it's also an entirely bonkers story in and of itself that even if you did put it in the right order, it would still be crazy. And so the mixed up order of it makes it like a weird Christopher Nolan kind of experience. (laughs) So um, as a good, bad movie, I think it's amazing. I think it's an A plus as a good, bad movie. It is up there with the rest of them. Uh, I don't think that one is better than the other. I just think that there's some heavy hitter all stars and this is up there. This is like, it's like when a band comes out and you're like, oh, they're immediately amazing. Immediately amazing. Yeah, th- this is that. Right out the gate. Right out the gate. This doesn't need a gra- – it'll take time to get to the level of, like, everybody knowing about it. But it's, it, got, it got real quick, real quick based off its own merits and Ralph himself. So I think it earned it. This thing is crazy, crazy. Just, just if I tried – Try to explain this movie to somebody, Chris. Next time you get a chance, just try to no, explain. Okay, so here's here's what I'm gonna do. Next time a movie night is suggested, I'm bringing this up. I am 100 bringing this. I was like, "There's a movie called Love on a Leash. Don't ask any questions. Just watch it. <laughs> <laughs> just watch it. That's all you need to know." I'm, they're gonna see the poster and they're gonna be like, "Listen, listen. I know, I know. Just watch it. That's okay. Listen, the poster is all you need to know. That's everything you need to know. And then just watch it. It's total. It's a total fucking lie, man. This is not. This movie is not that, man. It's supposed to be that, but like, she goes through a lot of traumatic shit. A lot. This is not as lighthearted as you would think. No, it's not. It's pretty insane. She goes through no, a lot of pressing her left and right. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do then. Here's what I'm going to do then. I'm going to start them off with Riccio then. No, 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 no. I think your idea is amazing. Either one. It, like, if the group you are with likes action movies more and can like gore and action, because Riccio is gory as fuck. So if they're <laughs> into action and gore, then go Riccio, sure. And they'll be like, oh my God, you have great taste in weird movies. They'll trust you when you bring something else. But if you want to absolutely, like, break their brains, if you want to bring something to the table that's going to just like they're gonna ask questions the entire time, and it, you just—it's insane. That's this. Like, technically, it's a rant, it's a romantic comedy, sure, but like, it's also just bonkers, bonkers. This is insane. This is crazy. There's no. <laughs> I think so. The last, to so the last good bad that we had. Um, huh. Dang, I forgot what that was. Um. I think Riccio is a good movie that just is kind of ineptly made in a few ways, which is why it, I put it on the bad wheel and I had seen it recently. Jesus Christ is the same thing as Riccio, where like it's kind of ineptly made, but you do not care. It's so well done and you're so impressed at what they're able to pull off earnestly and intentionally. This is a good bad. This is bad. They made bad decisions and all of them. Are we going to have to like invent like, a new like rating system for good bads. I feel like that's what we have to do because I don't think we can judge this by like mortal standards. I mean, I, I think you just the grading is grading the scale changes every time. If I'm watching a horror movie and that's in a um uh, that has its own like the Conjuring movies, then I'm going to judge it off of other horror movies and the other Conjuring movies. That's how I'm going to base that scale. Probably my my letter grade. The thing here is I'm dealing with a good bad, like, and my good bads are not really 
at that technical because it's not about technical. It's about how did you feel when you watched it? How do you feel when you watch it with other people? Like, would you watch this again? Or do the actual decisions intrigue you and make you laugh the way they did, the, they did in the video game? But the, I think these ones are so much more satisfying. You eventually gave up because that's a trying experience that makes you forces you to get involved. This is a movie that grabs your hand and takes you to crazy town, and you just go with it. So uh, I think it's amazing for that reason. Birdemic is like that. The room is like, dude, you're going to love Birdemic. Birdemic is fucking crazy. It's like, it, well, it's not crazy like this. It's just just dumb and bad. It's like a 14-year-old made a movie. Again, it's by uh, someone who's not American. Uh, it's just great. And so for that kind of experience, this movie does not disappoint. There is no, there's nothing in there that I don't want to think about. There's no scene in here that I think is useless. Nothing in there bothers me. Everything in here is interesting. I love it. Uh, a plus. As a good bad, I can't deny that I had a few laughs during this. Um, the run, like the amount of stuff that happens in the runtime, like it was at times like a stretch. Like it was like. This just keeps like this madness just keeps going and it's like a and it presents itself as a slow burn. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, please just stop <laughs> at, at some point. Then it would just then something would happen or something would be said that would snap me back into it. I'm like, really is the case. So as a good, bad. I think I would watch this again with people. I don't think I'd watch this again by myself, though. I mean, yes, I'm going to be honest. I probably won't watch this sober ever. Because I've seen it so many times, I can watch it sober ever. But uh, it takes it takes help. Like, it takes help to get you through something like this. But also, I love this kind of stuff. It's totally me. I can see that it also... I can see how it is constructed to make you feel like this is three hours long. And because of that, it can feel like a trying experience. But I guarantee you watching this with other people who don't know what they're getting themselves into. It's fucking nuts. But if you're looking like if you're trying to get your movie night to trust your picks and they are okay with the kind of disgusting gore that is Riccio, I would probably start with that first and right. then test their patience with this. I this mean is long. They, they it's a bit long. They haven't really trusted my picks because like I was like, okay. Because when the night where we saw Inception, I'm like, let's just watch, we should watch Inception. I'm like, where I was kind of like, okay. Or they were kind of like floating around ideas for movies that they that they kind of wanted the that they should, that maybe we could watch tonight that night. And I'm like, okay, listen, I'm in for Mission Impossible Fallout or Return of the Jedi. That's it. Like I am in for any of those. <laughs> um. So like. Th so now I think I'm going to switch up my strategy, like. Because like because I know like Fallout, they haven't seen Fallout as much as Return of the Jedi and Return of the Jedi they've probably seen it a bunch of times. But like, if I give them like a Rikio, it's like, have you ever heard of Rikio? Do you remember that meme? You, have you seen memes of the guy punching through the wall? That's Rikio. Do you want to watch the movie behind that, dude? It's a trip. I got. I I'm gonna change up my strategy. I think that's exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna no, change I, I, up my strategy and present and yeah. do and when. Movie night is being discussed. I'll be like, let's go for weird. It's like, and like, not Gattaca or Inception. Let's do something 
out out there. Well, here's the thing. I think Inception is a crowd pleaser, but I think when you have a situation like that, yeah, you are trying to like make it really fun and interesting. You want people to like get into it, and everyone's seen Inception. And Gattaca, while interesting, is a slow pay- is a slow burn pace of a movie. Um, I like the idea of you wanting to change your strategy. And the great thing is, is it allows you to like figure out the pace in which you want to do it. If all you've come to the table with is stuff that they like, knowing you, Chris, I'm not surprised those are the ones you brought to the table. So for them who probably know you better than I do, for you to walk in and slam Riccio down, uh, I would think their jaws would do nothing but drop. But you also have like Hardcore Henry, which I think is a bit too much for them. I think that's that first person narrative and the nothing but violence. That's a little bit weird. Whereas Riccio has so many other things going for it, while also just being brutal and awesome and disgusting and great and funny and interesting. Um, but like you can also do something like Stretch, and they'd be like, okay, that's a little weird, but it also had good money and an interesting cast behind it. Okay, but I would say between those two, Riccio would be a good pick to start them with. And then Love on a Leash is something that can like, you can test their patience with a bit because they'll be like, you showed us Riccio. But I would say this right off the bat, Riccio, then Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Now I know you have- <laughs> Let's go. Again, again, Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter is a movie that is meant to be entertaining and is also cheap looking. It is entertaining, it succeeds. It succeeds in so many things that it shouldn't because they're cheap. It is a passionate, good movie that just is kind of, you know, just doesn't have money behind it. It's genuinely funny, though, and it's an awesome time. Whereas this is a blast because it's bad. This is kind of boring, yes, but if you're watching it with a group of people, I guarantee you, dude, if, like, if you can trust your friends to by the exact same moment that you and I did, which is when that dog says, I'm not gay, go, what? <laughs> what just happened? And if all of them aren't like, I'm in, what is this? I'm in. Then like, I don't know what kind of friends you have if they've trusted you by Riccio. Riccio is an entertaining movie that is like- I think, yeah. honestly, knowing them, I think the turnoff would be when there's no music, honestly, though. That's my, that's my concern. But the, again, that's the whole point of a good bad. A good bad, you need to trust that the people you're with can accept that they're watching a poorly made movie and they need to get past that obstacle to understand that what they're watching is fun and entertaining for how bad it is. Whereas Riccio is an entertaining movie. It's just also crazy and bananas and bonkers. So to start that way, it would be a good call. Same thing with you. That's what Jesus is. It's like, it's cheap looking, but it's also amazing and fun and entertaining in the way you want something to be entertaining, that it succeeds in that way. This is entertaining in the fact that it didn't succeed in its earnest intentions to be a weird-ass uh, like not a weird, just to be a genuine love story. It's a genuine love story about a dog man who falls in love with a, a stressed out woman. You know, that's it. So, all that being said, it's really just the gore. It's just the gore. If they can get through the, if you can trust them with the gore of Riccio, then yes, start with Riccio. I did show a few of them, a select few of them, Hardcore Henry, and they kind of enjoyed it. Um, yeah, but you've God. seen it, though, man. Like, not just the, you brought up Hardcore Henry, and I'm thinking of the soundtrack, and I can't get it out of my head. Thanks. Um, it is my woman, my woman. Anyway, um, with all that being said, as a good bad, 
A minus. Okay. As a good bad, like I have to preface that by saying that's no, a good I'm bad. Happy, I'm happy you gave it an A. I'm glad you because I think it's earned an A. I think it's earned at least an A. Like I know that there are more entertaining bads that aren't so trying in how they're structured, but I think like, this is bananas. It all, it all comes down to that moment of the first ninety seconds where he's like, "I'm not gay." It's like. First off, they don't know you can talk. Second, yeah. he's just petting you. That's yeah. all he is. Like, he's not trying to get you in bed. He's just petting I mean, you because he thinks you're a cute dog. Like, <laughs> why are you trying? Why exactly? Why do you assume that? Look, first of all, this dog has been a dog for so long. Why would it assume that this one interaction between people is like that man's trying to hit on you? And it's because he's running around trying to fuck human women to no music. This movie's insane. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, um, stay go, everybody. Love on a leash. Go watch it. Like literally, like if you haven't stopped, like and watched it, like you, like you could stop this and come back. Like, oh, I should have said that earlier. It's like go watch too this. Now. Way too late now, but yes, please. Yeah, well, that's why I said. Well, that, here's like, the thing. Like, I feel like we can't do it justice, so they should just go and see it for themselves. That's why I said that's how I felt with even Ralph. And Ralph's video is amazing on it. But even when I got to that point in the video and he was talking to the pond, I was like, I'm sorry, I need to go watch this. I need to watch this. I don't want to know anything. I need to watch it. And like, yeah, it's the only way. Even if you even if you watch Ralph the Movie Maker's thing about it just to get a taste of what it's like and see if you want to keep going none of it will ever compare to the experience of watching this movie like i'm the reason we keep forgetting all the things that happen in it is because of how it's structured remember when like rita showed up at her work and then like all of a sudden felt like her daughter needed to go to the airport and she felt dizzy and then she chased him out and he became a dog in the middle of a, like a bathroom and she's like your boyfriend's a dog and then she kicks rita like all that shit happens in like the span of five minutes I love it. it. I love it. It's so, so there, bad. There you go, everyone. Love on a leash. Um, all right. So for our good, so we are spinning the good wheel. Thank God. Um, we're spinning the good wheel this week. We issued out a challenge. No, we challenged ourselves. Sorry, we challenged ourselves to. Bring to the table, Bill, good movies that are directed by women. Yes. Because we want to diversify. Yep. Alex, I'm going to let you start. Um, well, I'm kind of on the fence about a couple of these, so I want to get your taste about it. I have a number one, which I want to get your read on. But these are the ones that I found that I thought would be interesting. There's okay. Big. Have you ever heard of Big? Uh, Tom Hanks before Forrest Gump, right? Way Isn't before. Bi- okay, so, wait, wasn't Big like his breakout, or was it another movie? Was it Pennsylvania? Uh, uh, that- <laughs> I'm confused about that timeline. That timeline messed me up. Like, I'm in college. Um, it's Philadelphia. Um, Close enough. Close enough. I just think it's funny because, like, because, <laughs> like, there's a whole song by Bruce Springsteen, it's about AIDS. It's a super serious movie. Just hearing like Pennsylvania, 
suffer that. Who's in it? It's Philadelphia. <laughs> I just think that's so close. Oh God, that's really funny. Um, so uh, Tom Hanks, I get like, I guess you could say this was the one that everyone knew he was a star. Absolutely, he had been in other things. Um, I think it was Splash, and he had also done Bachelor Party, Money Pit, a few other things. But yeah, this is the one that people were like, nice. oh shit. Like Tom Hanks is like a star. Like he's a he's a bona fide star. Um, but the reason it's I'm kind of on the fence about it, and it's a low one, is because it was made by Penny Marshall, and she also made a League of Their Own, and we also have a League of Their Own already on there. Um, there's Point Break, which is Catherine Bigelow, and have you seen Point Break? No. Okay, well that's fine. Um, it is a really like it's just it's a classic classic action movie it's early keanu it's got some really quotable lines to it super homoerotic uh really fun movie okay. great great bank robber scenes great bank robber scenes okay. captain bigelow is great at action um so there's that there's bend it like beckham which is uh kira knightley got kind of got her a little extra footing in that movie i forgot who the main actress was because it's been so long um, but it's about an indian girl in london that just wants to play soccer and is good and just She's good at it. It's just a sports movie about a girl that wants to play soccer and they like the team goes on to championships and stuff like that. It's really nice, really sweet, really good movie. Um, Beyond the Lights, which is a, rom- a romantic drama about a pop star, kind of like Nicki Minaj or something, um, who is kind of like hates her life and she decides that she wants to kill herself. So she's going to jump off a balcony and a cop saves her life at the last minute that she was kind of like deciding that she almost falls off and they fall in love. And um, great main performance by the actress. She sings, she sings a great song at the end. Um, it's just a really solid movie that I would love for other people to see. But my number one choice is American Psycho. Okay. Do you know anything about that movie? Wait, is it the Christian Bale with a fire axe to Jared Leto? <laughs> Among many other things, yes. I am mildly curious what happens with beyond that because I've only seen that scene. American Psycho, it is. He has chosen American Psycho. I think all the other ones we'll get to at some point. Uh, Catherine Bigelow will probably go Hurt Locker before Point Break, I would assume, just because you love military stuff. Beyond the Lights, uh, we need a little bit more romance, but that may be a little bit. I think we'll get to that at some point. Bandit Light Beckham was just a whatever, and I think we'll just wait on Penny Marshall until after League of Their Own, because I think that's her best movie. Um, and Big will probably be the arguably second or first. Like, but American Psycho is interesting because it is an incredibly graphic, um, sick movie in a lot of ways, and people didn't think that you could that a woman could do that as a director, especially considering the book, which I have read, which is really really hard man that guy it's just it's a lot of it's just the same character talking about um cooking food and wearing clothes this uh, as equally as he does dismembering people and eating their bodies and it's like disgusting and it's just after a while you get so uh um uh immune to it diluted to it that it makes you feel sick and that's the point of the book it was a, it's a comment on 80s consumerism. The movie is much better in understanding that tone and understanding that theme and applying it to other aspects in the story. It's also filled with an amazing cast of up-and-comers, dude. So many people are in that movie. It's just a 
unbelievably killer cast. Christian Bale is amazing. And um, the violence and the sex is really interesting, how they portray it. Sometimes it's really graphic, but most of the time it's not. Um, and in the end, you're just basically watching. Uh, it, it, it's like, it, it, yeah, it's just like 80s consumerism because it's set in the 80s, but also it's consumerism in general, being rich. It's just what you strive for, like that lack of humanity, a sociopath in general, in terms of those people are usually the ones in power. Um, and it's great. It's great. Um, I think it's a genuinely good movie. And it'll stick with you. So for me, I had to do a little bit of homework to make sure that some of these I haven't seen, to make sure that some of these, I, which ones I haven't seen. So I go, so I googled best uh, best films directed by women, and I came across an article by BBC Culture of the hundred greatest films directed by women. That's where I got my. That's where I got my choices too. Yeah, I looked. Big landed. Big great. landed at number eighty. Yeah, it's just been a while since I've seen Big. Um, but we already got Penny Marshall. We already got Penny right. Marshall. League uh, of Their Own. Yeah, League of Their Own. It's on there. High up there. So, th- I look 15, and, like, Zero Dark Thirty and Hurt Locker are the ones out of those that I have not seen. That I, that I have seen. Mm-hmm. Now, here's oh, the thing. Then, then Point Frank would be the Catherine Bigelow to go for. Yeah, because that okay. So like, I was like, okay, if I do Zero Dark Thirty, that's Jessica Chastain, Chris Pratt in a serious role. Um, it's about the hunt for Osama bin Laden and like all that stuff. And there's the Hurt Locker, which is like a slow burn, kind of like the first Jarhead, and like that kind of stuff. So like. I kind of just wanted, like, it's election season, so, like, everyone's flinging crap around from the Bush era and all that other stuff from my, from where I'm getting my stuff. And, like, given how these two deal with that, I'm going to table them for later. So I know that... So I decided, I'm like, okay... I'm going to bend the rules here. I'm going to pick point break. Mm-hmm. Why is that a bend? I have not seen point break, which makes, yeah. which would by definition make it curiosity, but it is a, well, but it is highly regarded as a good movie. Hmm. So I guess I could bring that to the table, but I didn't want to feel like I was cop. I was like copping out. Well, I think that's going to happen from time to time with you when it comes to women directors because you said it yourself, you just haven't seen a lot. And right. I'm not surprised, but you have seen already two of one of the most famous directors out there. But um, you haven't seen her early work, which is what got her those roles in the first place. Yeah, because like, most of these are like curiosities for me. Like, uh, I have seen, I believe I've seen all of her films. Um, including The Loveless. Um, and she's a really great visualist. Um, and Point Break is classic. It's just standard. It's just a, it's an action uh, milestone for Keanu, for everyone involved. Um, but that's going to happen with good. So the thing about good is if we know they are good. The curiosity, yeah, we can get weird with it. 
and um, having not seen something is the case. But the curiosity is for something you really, really have always wanted to see. That's where you can push that limit. Here, you know, Point Break's good. You haven't seen a lot of female directors. You, uh, we looked at, and you looked at that list. So that's like, there's just a lot of films on there. And yeah, yeah. most like normal, everyday, ordinary films uh, that you should have seen. Or if you were a normal cinephile of like a 90s kid, which is where a lot of those came from. Big, League of Their Own, a lot of that stuff. Um, nor Efron's work. But I don't think there's anything wrong with picking Point Break. I know it's a good movie. You've heard it's a good movie. No one's ever flat out said it's bad. So, Except the remake. Well, the remake, yeah, of course. Yeah, the remake I hear has good stunts, but that's it. Good practical stunts, but that's it. So I'm going to go with Point Break. And if anybody has a problem with it, cool. Um, it was actually interesting. It was like, I was thinking about a rink. I was thinking about a wrinkle in time by Ava DuVernay because I haven't seen a lot of her stuff. I was hoping that would like ease me into more Ava DuVernay, but like, oh yeah, that's a that's one I've wanted to see too. Uh, but so I was like, I hear that I hear mixed things, so I'm gonna save that for curiosity. I think so. Um, I think curious choice, yeah. Um. So yeah, I've gone with Point Break. Should we choose a third option in place of Zach because he has not given us anything? Um, flip a coin or choose a third. What would you be interested in for a third one? Uh, I, we saw the same list. Yeah, we did see the same list. I'm going to look back here. Like I said, Bend, him, Bend It Like Beckham is a sports one. Beyond the Lights is romantic drama. Monster! Oh, Patty Mon- Jenkins. Wow, really? Okay. Um, Wait, stop, 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 stop. What? Are you I, just have do, I have to do homework. <laughs> I got to do homework. Hold on. Wait wait wait, 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 wait. Don't read that thing yet. Don't read that thing yet. So, okay, okay, okay. Do you not know what Monster is about? No, I don't. I just, I saw Patty Jenkins. Okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. Okay. It is a great movie. Charlize Theron did win an Oscar for it. It is based on the true story of a woman who would um, be a prostitute on the streets, um, but kill her Johns. And she became a serial killer after killing a bunch of men, while at the same time falling in love with Christina Ricci. And um, Christina Ricci eventually sells her out to the cops. So it's a story about okay. a woman just coming, becoming a serial killer. It's very serious, but it's an amazing performance. She is fantastic. Um, okay, so maybe not yet. <laughs> now I that think, I think about this critically. Yes, I think you should think. I think you should go get to it eventually. Sure. But um, it is a dark movie, and it's not, it's not really a comedy or anything, and it's, you know, it's serious, based off true story. She is great, and the movie is great. We just came off of Amy Heckerling. Yeah, Clueless was way up on that list. And then uh, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High is even higher. It was, like, even further back. Mm-hmm. Well, Clueless is technically a better movie. Hmm. Man, I... <laughs> oh, wow. A woman directed Triumph of the Will? Huh. Triumph of the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh. Learn something new every day. I do not want to watch Triumph of the World, dude. What no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Oh not my god, man. Oh my god. There is an amazing, the first animated movie ever, technically, is on there. I watched it recently. It was beautiful. Wait, which one is that? Uh, the Adventures of Prince something or other. Uh, it's all made with shadows and colors. It's so beautiful. It's basically like a... a oh, The Adventures of Prince Ahmed. Yeah. 1926. Like, it's gorgeous, dude. I loved it. It was beautiful. Uh, but it's just, it's it's basically like a child. It's basically like a storybook thing. But it was gorgeous, dude. But eventually, one day, um, if you like, or check that out on YouTube. It's so just turn out all the lights in your room and just let the colors soak in because it gets really beautiful. What are your thoughts of Sofia Coppola? I love Sofia Coppola. She is um, one of my favorite female directors. Period. Um, I've seen all of her work, uh, and I'm excited for her new film coming out with Bill Murray and Rashida Jones. This is what I would say to that. Um, out of all of her films, uh, Lost in Translation. I love virgin suicides. You are not ready for it. Okay. It's literally a story about five girls killing themselves. I mean, that seems, that seems to be the implication. Yeah, but no, they don't. There's like, it's, it's so good. It's really good. But Lost in Translation has Bill Murray. And it's a great, it's a better entrance in it. It's funny, but it's also beautiful. And I, it's one of my favorite soundtracks ever. It, uh, I think is a better entrance into what she can do. And then I would say Virgin Suicides and then, you know, Marie Antoinette's really good. Somewhere's interesting. Bling Ring is great. Um, uh, so yes, Lost in Translation. I would think that's a very good third choice. I would absolutely, I think it pairs well with uh, Fall. It's actually a really good Fall movie. Hello? Okay. Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, just, okay, just, just, I'm thinking. I mean, what do you think? Like, what do you think, think should be our third? I think Lost in Translation is a good one. All right, then I'll, I'll, I will trust you. I'll trust you. Yeah, it's just a, it's a slower paced movie, but it's, it's Scarlett Johansson. Bill Murray is hilarious. And it's, it's a, it's a really, really good movie. It's a beautiful movie. I really, I think it's the kind of movie I would, I, I think, um, I would have thought years ago you wouldn't be ready for because of its pace and its timing. But now I think you are because the story is really good. There's nothing offensive about the story. It's just two lonely people hanging out with each other and the, and the kind of weird implications that come with kind of brushing up against somebody socially. But like, it's great. I love that movie. It's beautiful. I've been, I haven't seen it in so long and I've been really wanting to. It would be a, a curiosity for me for that reason, but I know it's good. I know this movie, so I would love it if it was in there. So American we got Psycho is not violent. So yeah, it's the other. So we movie. got we got Point Break, mm-hmm. American Psycho, Lost in Translation. All right, who's going to replace what we choose tonight? Spin. I'm excited. Yes, Point Break. Point Break. Okay. okay. Oh, you were scared a little bit. <laughs> I was. Uh, <laughs> just a little. Uh, yeah, Point Break is just a fun action movie. That's all. It's Keanu's funny. Gary Busey's funny. Her, um, Patrick Swayze is amazing. Um, yeah, it's a great solid action movie. It's you know they mentioned it in um, the Cornetto trilogy as a reference point for action films, and it should be. It's a, it changed it changed a lot of people's lives. 
Okay. I was, I think. To I, the wheel. I think one day American Psycho will. Um, All right, here we go. On the good movie wheel, as it stands. Oh, shoot. I can't, I can't figure this out. All right. That. That over here. No. That over here. There we go. I gotta clear this, clear choices. There we go. On the good movie wheel, as it stands, Looper still on there from day one. Oh wow, yeah. A league of their own. Yep. Road to perdition. Yeah, tax pick. Yes. A truly, a truly sad-looking movie that would be so appropriate for this time of year. Oh, God, it's such a good fall movie. The Fifth Element. Super fun. Um, good Will Hunting. Oh, dude, that's one of the best fall movies. Yeah, I can't wait for you to see that. Heat. Yeah, Heat. Classic. Michael Mann. We get to go back to Michael Mann. One of the best endings ever. Just one of the best ending shots. Shots and music. Just, it's the perfect combination of film. Just like, ah, oh God, I love that ending. Roll Hunter. Zach's favorite. Summer Wars. What? Another one of Zach's anime picks. Oh, Summer Wars. Yeah. Summer Wars. God. Yeah. We land- I told him, man, it would suck if we landed on ones that he wanted and he couldn't be here to talk about them. Labyrinth. <clears throat> yeah, awesome. Uh, Gangs of New York. I, would- I watched that recently. I would totally watch it again. Our um, patented Spielberg spot, Minority Report. Yeah, an okay move. Better than most. Better than average, of course. Crazy Rich Asians. Ah, yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, I love that movie. Solid rom-com. The Rock. Watched it recently, would watch it again. The Nice Guys. Finish last. I love that movie. And finally, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Very good movie. Very good movie. Let's double check. One, two, Okay, three, so I'm going to ask you something. Five, you six, land seven, on something. Eight, nine, you land on ten, that Zach picked, and we know he wants to talk about Do you want to roll again? No, I say we just go for it. We'll get his oh, thoughts okay. later. All right. I think he would suck if it was Summer Wars or Troll Hunt, dude. I think he'd be pissed for those two. Honest to God, I'm not kidding. Okay, ready? I don't know. I honestly do not know how to feel about this wheel. Honestly, like it could, it's like it's like it has a mind of its own. I don't know what it's thinking right now. I know. I feel bad for Zach. That's all I'm saying. Like I know he would. I know he would want to talk about a couple of these. That's the only thing I'm worried about. Everything else, like. I'm open to, there's some out there that are okay, but then there's some out there that I would really love to watch again. And, yeah, there's some ones that I'm hoping for. 
a little bit, not one particularly really, but um, I, I just feel bad for Zach. That's the one thing. I would hate to land on one of those two and for him to be like, God, I wanted to talk about it so much. Okay. Point break is going to replace one of these. Th- All right, ready? Uh, okay, here we go. Three, <laughs> three, two, one, spin. Oh, wow. Wow. Was I right? Was it- Ladies and gentlemen, the next movie we'll be reviewing on the Meister Movie Podcast, The Nice Guys. <gasps> okay. All right. Sweet. Cool. All right. Nice. Awesome scenes at the movie theater, and I was kind of a fan. Very fun movie. Very, I've actually seen it so much since it's come out that I don't really think I need to see it more than once this week. I know this movie pretty damn well in terms of just the movie. I'll go into some research, sure, but like, I, I'm a huge Shane Black fan. I'm a huge Kiss Kiss Bang Bang fan. This is basically like a semi-sequel to that, pretty much. Uh, I think it's just as good. Awesome. Super That's fun movie. Awesome. Let's go. Let's go. This is great, great script. Gosling is super hilarious. Russell Crowe hasn't been this good in a while. Um, he's really trying. The little girl's great. Uh, oh God, it's a, my, Matt Boomer is really, really scary in this movie. He's a badass uh and it's funny it's super funny really funny yeah this is nice this is nice yeah this is a good um good time really good time so there you go everybody um neo-noir comedy shane block we we have come back wait did we do a shane black movie or a, because- like a shane back script or she kiss kiss bang, bang. right so we are because- back with shane black in the 21st century. Dude, show your friends Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, there you go. Robert Downey Jr. And that can introduce them to Val Kilmer. That's a good... I'd say that's a good trade. So, like, that would be the step below Riccio. Riccio's the next step up, and then the step above that is Love on a Leash. That's really testing your friends. Whereas Riccio, I think, is... If you're into it, it's amazing. If you're not, you're not. It's okay. It's whatever. But um, below that, you have like Stretch and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. We're like the genuinely weird and entertaining movies that should be watched by everybody. Nice Guys is like a genuinely good time. It's not as all over the place, I'd say, as Kiss Kiss Bang is. It's a little bit more focused. And because of that, you care about these guys a lot. Where like in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you're like, these guys are funny and awesome, goofy. I'd watch more movies with them. You genuinely care about how things are going to end for the people in Nice Guys, despite the fact that they're also goofballs farting around. You know, if you love Lethal Weapon, if you love if you love any partner comedy by Shane Black, dude, it's a Shane Black partner comedy. There you go. It's going to be great. Happy to show you. The Nice Guys. Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe. And I think Mackenzie something or other. Oh, shoot. Okay, well, hang on. We'll know next week. We'll know next week. Anyway, there you go, everyone. Oh, oh Matt Bomer! 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 Matt Bomer!
from that White Collar. I watched that show a little bit. Oh yeah, dude, dude, he is genuinely terrifying in this movie. He's a badass. So, all right, there you go. So we're doing Nice Guys next time, and then we will be spinning the series wheel. Oh god. And I'm just going to okay. remind everybody what that series will is real quick. Oh, man. Okay. Just so you all have an idea so I could build tension. Terminator. Mm-hmm. I wanted O brother so badly. <laughs> <laughs> DC Extended oh. Universe. So from mm-hmm. Man of Steel to Birds of Prey. And then, oh, depending, oh, uh, to, to Man of Steel... From Man of Steel to the latest, whichever one that ends up being, whether Birds of Prey or Wonder Woman, 84. Wonder Woman's not coming out for a year. Yeah. Um, So then it would be Birds of Prey. Alien. I I do love Alien. Um, The Tolkien universe of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Be very timely with Fall. God, those those Hobbit movies are gonna be such a grind. Okay, um, it will be, but we'll get to rip them apart. It'll be great. Pirates of the Caribbean. Please, please, please. I don't care if it's fall. Um, that's just my thing. It doesn't have to be your thing. Right. But also, please, you know, they're okay. But here is our thing: Fast and Furious. Damn right. No matter what time of year it is, you're gonna enjoy those movies. Hell yes. Uh, Burton's Batman, so from Batman 89, 88, 89, right? 89 to Batman, Batman and Robin. Yes. Uh, the Marine. <laughs> yeah. Rocky. Rocky, Thanksgiving movies. Raimi's Spider-Man. Not wow. Dave Webb's Spider-Man. It'd be good, because I'm watching Evil Dead movies around now, and it'd be nice to go into his Spider-Man's. Spider-Man's. The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Oh, man. Uh, that's going to be awkward in hindsight. That were, oh, man. Because of J.K. Rowling. Why did she have to be well, we don't, she is? We don't have to talk about it, but if we run into transphobia within the films, we'll have to. And honestly, I don't right. think... I'm going to let you guys rip that apart. I'm like... I'm like just like, I, go. I mean, it's pretty simple. Like, I don't agree. If with it comes it. up, then I'm just going to be like, yeah, that's there. Kind of took me out of I, it. I'm going to let you guys I, tear I, that I, apart if you want. There's one moment There's one moment in one movie where people take a potion that, that allows them to turn into Harry. And there's a gender swap. Sure, if you want to look into that, if you want to, fine. But it's like a genuine right. plot device. Outside of that, yeah, she, she has terrible ideas I don't agree with. And she's doubling down on them. And that's not good. She's losing people for it. So it's your decision whether you care about the art and the artist or the just the art. So I think the Harry Potter movies are fine. I don't love them the way everybody else does, but I'll have a good time watching them. It's like, it's the it's the Fantastic Beasts I hate because she can't write movies, and so the scripts suck. That 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 Fantastic Beasts is going to be such an interesting episode. Um, speaking of Evil Dead, Evil Dead. Dead. So there are two two Raimi franchises on here. That's true. I kind of. How did we do that? Uh, they're just two separate things entirely. 
yeah, style may the style may be the same, but the thing is, Spider Man is three three superhero movies. Evil Dead is a horror movie, an action comedy, and then a fantasy comedy. So, it, they they're three different movies altogether. Back to the Future. Yep, greatest trilogy of all time. Cornetto trilogy. Awesome trilogy. Three amazing films. Three amazing films. Kung Fu Panda. Please, please, please. You love your oh, Kung man. Fu Panda? Oh, man. I would just love to talk about how much those movies have meant to me. Though at least the first two. The third uh, one. Is- I, I, you know why I want. You know what I want. Yeah, you, yeah, you know. I know. I know. And I promised I will do it. I will do it. Better listen. I just serious, I mean, bro. Gonna, I will do it. <laughs> I'm also into. I'm still into Jack Black these days. I'm yeah. that that hasn't worn off to, uh, since last week. I would love to watch the Kung Fu's. And this Daniel Craig's 007. So from Casino Royale 2006 to Spectre. Man, we got screwed, man. Yeah, we got screwed. It was going to be no time to die, but. It would have been the last one. We would have been able to see the last one, but um, right. oh well. I uh, lethal weapon. Speaking of Shane Black. Speaking of Shane Black, that would be timely. That would really be interesting. That's how we know the wheel has a life of its own, or NSA agents are in control of the wheel. Yeah. Uh, the Naked Gun movies. Oh my god, dude! You need to watch the Naked Gun movies. They're so funny. And then look who's talking. Those movies are weird, and you're going to ask me why these happened. But more Amy Heckerling. So there you go. That's next week. We are spinning the wheel that consists of that, and we are going to be talking about nice guys. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. Thanks, thanks everyone, for listening. We will see you guys later. Alex, say goodbye. I'm a dog, I'm a dog, I'm a dog, I'm a dog. I will never reach my goal. Um, hold on. I was kidding. <laughs> I thought of a, I thought of a good, I thought of a good outro. Okay, ready, ready, ready. Yes. Hashtag release the Stephen Kramer Glickman cut. Ha! <laughs> they did. That's the thing they did. That's interesting. They they totally did.